Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Uh, Mr. Smalley, do you believe that abortion is moral? Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm glad I'm debating him instead of you. Welcome to Apologetics Live. We're here to answer your questions and challenges about God and the Bible. Meet your hosts from Striving for Eternity Ministries, Andrew Rappaport, Dr. Anthony Silvestro, and Pastor Justin Pierce. We are live, Apologetics Live, here to answer your biblical questions, challenges, whatever you may have for us tonight. Just go to apologeticslive.com, scroll down past where the video is to watch down to where we have the StreamYard icon. It's the little duck icon to be able to join and participate with any questions that you have. Now, I I announced that we're going to have a special interview. This was planned a little bit last-minute interview um, that we did because we have some time-sensitive matter with it. So we're going to start off with that, and then we're going to have on, uh, basically we're going to take a look at a video that recently was out by J.P. Sears. If you know him, he's a conservative uh, comedian, and he has changed his view on abortion. He was pro-abortion. He is now, well, we're going to have to find out what he is now. We'll let him explain that, and then... We're going to talk about the view and see whether it lines up with Scripture, and we'll figure out what, what well, what Dr. Silvestro and I think about what he has to say. Dr. Silvestro, welcome to another Projects Live. Yeah, looking forward to this one. It's going to be good. Yeah, two two heavy topics, two heavy topics. So yeah, uh, well, JP's interesting. When we get to him, he's uh, he was actually pretty liberal when he first he really came on the scene and. You know, COVID changed his views like it did to a lot of liberals who <laughs> they have a problem with their worldview. So yes, and and he has he almost seems cancel cancel proof <laughs> because the you know he really has gone created a different model for the way he's doing things, and uh, that has uh, allowed him to continue even though they've tried to take him off. But anyway, I want to get right. right to the folks that we have. Uh, backstage to an interview because of the fact that I know that at least one of them is traveling and doesn't have too much, very good <laughs> internet and whatnot. So first, uh, Tim Cannon, welcome to Apologetics Live. And also, Les Lansphere, welcome. And so, are you guys there? How much for having us. There we go. I think Tim, Tim, I see a spinning circle, so we might have just lost Tim. And we thought Les's internet was going to be the bad one. 
So, Les, uh, I'm, I'm, as I said to you, I'm, I'm prepared to uh, for this interview. I, I have my, my nice, uh, my nice coffee cup here for, uh, for uh, spirit and truth. I wonder, what, Les, what, what, what is that? Spirit and truth. Amen. Okay, well, Les is. I know we have a delay with Les. Okay, well, I'll describe his pe- previous film. <laughs> so, uh, Les has done two films. One is called Calvinist, and the other was Spirit and Truth. And I, I had the privilege of being able to to help out with that one a bit. And the, you know, after, with that, we also have Tim Cannon. Uh, Tim, I don't know as well. This is the, the first time he and I are... are really talking to each other, meeting each other, though, I, I guess we've been Facebook friends for a bit. And, but uh, you've done a, a, but Tim has done a film called Logic on Fire. And we're not here to talk about those two, but we're to let you know that these, you, they have done three films, three very well films uh, that have done well, as I'm seeing in the, in the chat, uh, people are saying Spirit and Truth, Spirit and Truth was great. Um, so, uh, Okay, Les, are you there? I see him playing with his mute. Well, he's muted now. You there, Les? Okay. Well, he'll jump in when he can. <laughs> so here's what's going on with the films that you guys have. I mean, let me start off, and Les can go back and listen to this afterwards <laughs> since he's traveling in the country where there is no internet. Um, but And he dropped out, so he must have must be having trouble. We'll see if he comes back in. Uh you guys, Tim, uh, you guys got together with Les. You originally, before COVID, you had you were planning a film, and COVID kind of put a stop to it. And uh, then you you and Les started working together on a new film. And so uh, I want to be we want to be able to talk about this film, the the content of the film, the purpose of it. Um, and and for the record, I was hoping that Les would be here. Up uh, oh, here he comes back in. Let's see if he's here now. Les, are you there? This makes for great show. You know, dead air is... <laughs> All right. Well, Les, if you can hear us, just give a shout out when when we can hear you, I guess. Uh, All right. So, um, and, and let me just say for the record, Les and I um, got together. Hear me now? Yeah, we hear you now, Les. Good. Um because I want to make sure I don't say anything wrong on this, so I want to make sure you you hear this and can correct me. If I, <laughs> but it, it would be fair to say, Les, that you and I started a, a friendship off on a rocky a, a, a rocky relationship. Would that be fair? <laughs> okay, I'll say I'll say he said yes. <laughs> right to me. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> Basically, what happened was uh, I didn't know Les personally. Les, uh, I had some people that told me about Les and uh, told me some bad things about him. And so I just figured, okay, well, he sounds like a character I don't want to be around. He heard some bad things about me and figured I was a character he didn't want to be around. And uh, then we got to meet each other and realized, wait, you know, the things we heard about each other weren't true. And and not only were the things we heard not true, but we actually got along really well. And so uh, I've been uh, really glad to see the last two films he had done. Uh, I'll be honest and haven't, Tim, I haven't seen your film yet. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> heard about well, it it's actually it's actually it's not my film uh, I, I can tell you uh, david lovey who can't be here tonight who's uh, uh the co-director 
um, along with us. Uh, he was a producer on Logic on Fire. Um, he was on the board of the Martin Lloyd-Jones Trust uh, for almost 15 years and knows the Lloyd-Jones family intimately and uh, was approached about making that movie, which ultimately became Logic on Fire. And that's how I met David was at Together for the Gospel 2018. And that was when we said, hey, we should make another movie and we should make a movie about Beth and Lloyd-Jones because his wife was just as spectacular. Um, and then, like you said, COVID hit, and here we are with a movie about cessationism because we thought, hey, controversy sounds awesome. Yeah, because like, there's no such thing as controversy, right? So let, let me start off. Um, we now know Anthony didn't mute his phone. But, Tim, let me, let me start off this way, if I could. I want to uh, play the... Um, I want to play the, the trailer for the film. Would that be all right? I'm sure you yeah, wouldn't mind, but let's, uh, let me just share that and we'll play, we'll play the trailer for you guys of this, of this new documentary. that's coming up. If somebody has the gift of miraculous healing, surely all he needs to do is to prove it. But let's face it. We've been battling with COVID and the so-called miracle workers went into hiding together with us. Cessationism is the view that certain miraculous gifts that stood as signs of an apostle, speaking in tongues, healing, prophecies, interpretation of tongues, gifts like that, ceased with the apostles. Cessationism has fallen out of favor because commitment to the authority of Scripture has fallen out of favor. Christian TV, you don't see expositors of Scripture. John MacArthur or Steve Lawson, you see Joel Osteen, Joseph Prince, Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, Joyce Meyer, Paula White. That's who you see because that's the mainstream. Speaking in tongues, you're going to speak out of your spirit. Don't worry about what it sounds like. Our understanding of speaking in tongues must be guided by the Scriptures, not our feelings. They were known languages that were capable of interpretation and not everybody speaks in tongues if god speaks it must be infallible inerrant and authoritative and the lord said to me will you howl for me i said don't ask me to do that lord There's no longer the need for the gift of prophecy speaking forth divine revelation from God. We have now the whole counsel of God. This word is the final word. The apostolic gifts of God, they were never intended for our generation. We have everything that we need from the Holy Spirit today. It's hard to get anyone who's gone through that to come back and take a serious look at faith in Christ focused on the gospel rather than focused on these phony miracles. All right, so that is, as I close this down, that, that's the trailer for your new film, Tim. So let, let's talk about this film. Uh, it was, this is something that is a Kickstarter project. So we want to encourage folks, 
that want to support this film, I'm going to just before you start talking about it, go over to kickstarter.com in another tab of your window that you're watching. Don't don't skip us, but go go to Kickstarter and go search for sensationist uh, that C-E-S-S, not sensationalism, but (laughs) ceasing. I always have a hard time with that word, but go and check that out because what we want you to do is is fund this. Now, right now, I'm going to give you the, the current. I wanted to have this ready to see. The, it is right now 63% funded, and we have 16 days to go. So, folks, what we're hoping for is that by the end of this show, that's 100% funded. That's the goal. So, uh, I, I really want to encourage folks to, to go. This... I said, Tim, you, you, I said this to Les in, in a text message, and you, you ended up saying this on my, uh, on my Facebook wall when I just shared this Kickstarter. I said to Les, this is the reason, my wall is the reason this, this film is needed. And you, you said, hey, looking at your wall, this is the reason we need to do this film. <laughs> so this is an issue that is so important for the, the church today. Um for many reasons, but I want to first let you explain what is, what's the reason you wanted to do this film? What is your goal with it? Yeah. So when we found ourselves at a crossroads with wanting to make another film, uh, David, our co-director, he's a pastor just North of Chicago. And he said, man, there needs to be a movie about solid biblical pneumatology or, you know, who the spirit is, what is the spirit doing? Um, because of what he was seeing in his church. Um, I can tell you, I became a cessationist after um, Strange Fire Conference. It was, what was that, 2013, I believe. Um, my father-in-law, who's a pastor, called my wife and I and said, he, he lives just right down the road, and he said, you need to come over and watch this. And so we started every night, we'd watch watch the, the, uh, the sessions from the, the conference, and I'd never really even considered it. Um, I went to a church that was part of the Acts 29 network. Um, I come, I come out of the, uh, the new Calvinism, uh, young, restless reformed, uh, people see the tattoos and they assume I'm still that, but I, I go to a confessional 1689, uh, reformed Baptist church where a lady plays piano. Um, but I remember my pastor said in the membership class, well, we're charismatic with a seatbelt on and, that was fine to me that I, I didn't even really register really what that meant. I just remember him saying it. Uh, and then it was probably two years after that the strange fire conference. And I realized, well, what's the thing about a seatbelt? You can take it off. Um, and oftentimes that, that happens. And so um, for us, it was a matter of, well, what is broadly evangelical? It's not cessationism. It's uh, the idea that the gifts have continued um, and that um, all the things you're seeing. And, and one of the pushbacks that I'll just say we've gotten is, oh, we're just dealing with the we're dealing with the fringe. When like <laughs> if you saw in the trailer, you saw Joel Osteen, you saw um, you heard Sid Roth um, and so you saw some of these guys who they would call the fringe. You know, our argument is, no, that's actually not the fringe. That's what people by the just the masses that's what they consume when it comes to continuationism uh, i wish 
continuationists were all John Pipers and Sam Storms and Wayne Grudems. Um, and, and so the reality is that's not what is the mainstream. As Justin Peters says in the trailer, this stuff is the mainstream. So our goal for this film is not to necessarily bounce around in a reformed echo chamber, but to go beyond that to what is broadly evangelical. And it's, it's what you saw in the trailer. Yeah. I mean, the the reality is, and I know a lot of people, we've seen it in our audience here. A lot of people that will say, I used to believe in continuationism. I came out of that. Uh, I myself had, had done that. But the, the thing is that what, is so frustrating is the number of people that let their experience be the thing that interprets Scripture. Rather than looking at how do we interpret Scripture, what are the rules of interpretation? And, and so there's that's one issue. There's a greater issue than that, and that is it, it reveals that they don't believe in a sufficiency of Scripture. Scripture is not enough. Okay, I have my Bible, but I need something more. I need a word from the Lord. I need some gift that gives me an edge on other believers that makes me feel like I'm more spiritual. And do not think that that's not what is most of this is about. And why I think tongues, the, the speaking of some gibberish, because it's not really the biblical view of languages, but the reason why I think so many speak a gibberish and claim it's angelic is because there's no way to prove it wrong. If I give a prophecy... That we can prove wrong if it comes false. I mean, the Word of Faith guys, or sorry, the New Apostolic Reformation guys, admit that they're only 80 to 85% accurate. Yeah, I think Mike Bickle said that. Yeah. I think, yeah. So yeah. If, if they're only 80 to 85% accurate, then we know they're, they're a false prophet, period. And they try to make excuses for that, saying there's different kinds of prophecies and play word games, but that is a testable gift, it's when you're speaking in a language, a known language, it's a testable gift. And, and this is the thing that, you know, Justin Peters brought up when he had you on his, his show, on his, on his Didicate podcast, is the fact that when you first saw the people in 1905 when this first started, this was something that they really believed they had known languages, and they sent people to China. Uh, Justin actually had, and you know, I don't know if he shared this with you when you guys did recordings, but in his latest uh, "Clouds Without Water" that he's he's producing, he actually showed my wife, and my wife is from Hong Kong. He, the, the woman he mentions there, who went to China, supposedly knew Chinese, and she had right. a written Chinese that she said she wrote in Chinese. And so Justin calls me up, says, "Look, I, I'm going to send something to you for your wife." But I need to be on video. I want to see her reaction. <laughs> and, and so, so I, I get her in. We're on camera. He sends this to me. He goes, Yim, someone, someone says this is Chinese. Can you tell me if this is Chinese? And she looks at it. She goes, Justin, that's chicken scratch. <laughs> so he's like, so you're saying that's not Chinese? She's like, no. <laughs> no, it's not Chinese. Well, you know what it reminds me of? It, it reminds me of uh, when Joseph Smith had those tablets that... Uh, or those scrolls that what did he say the book of the book abraham. of ba- book of abraham and it was what re- it's reformed it? egyptian reformed egyptian that's exactly what that sounds like and it's like you can make that you can just say that yeah. until you go to china and you realize oh i'm not speaking chinese so they i believe was it macarthur in his strange fire book i remember reading that uh 
talking about coming back and realizing we're not speaking Chinese, so what are we speaking? Yes, oh, it must be angelic. It must be angelic because we can't be wrong in our experience. And see, that's the thing. The experience becomes the sufficiency. It's the sufficiency of experience instead of sufficiency of Scripture. Uh, and, and what's at the heart of that? It sounds like pride. Well, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, or, or demons, <laughs> yeah, both. Well, okay. So now, now with that, Anthony, I mean, there's going to be a ton of people that are going to say, "How could you say such a thing?" That's, that, I mean, it is interesting. I was told that I'm, you know, I'm uh, demonic because I don't believe that the that the gift of languages continues to today, which is really kind of funny because you know all I did was quote. He he said, "There's no passage of scripture that says that." Tongues will cease. And I said, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 to 13. That's, I di- that's all I said. And he, he told me I'm demonic. I'm like, for quoting, uh, or even not even quoting, just citing a passage of Scripture. <laughs> you know? Like, okay. And I think that's the reason why there, this, this film is so important. Because so many of these people, so many of these people are so... In- tied into this because of their emotion, their experience, that the Bible takes a lesser stand and their experience becomes primary. Chris Huff is saying, brothers, sisters, fund this project ASAP. And I, I, I agree. Go go to uh, Kickstarter. This is a Kickstarter. So let me let folks know, because if, if any of you are not familiar how Kickstarter works, um, Kickstarter is a, is a platform where uh, for Tim and the, the other guys producing this film, if they don't reach their goal, their goal is $100,000, and some people are going, wait, that's a ton of money. That's, that sounds like a lot of money until you realize how much goes into this. they got to travel all over to, to get all the, the, the interviews, things like that. There, there's Actually, you guys on Kickstarter give the breakdown. 45% of this goes to, to production of the film, uh, 10% toward equipment, 20% toward travel, uh, 15% towards donor gifts. And, and because when you do a Kickstarter, you get gifts that they have to give and then 10% to Kickstarter. So 25% of what's being raised is, is going to Kickstarter directly or indirectly, right? It's going to the, the people that are funding it and things like that. So this is, this is something that takes a lot of money to do. And the way Kickstarter works is if they don't get fully funded in 16 days, they get nothing. So you don't your credit card doesn't get charged until they're fully funded. So there's a time limit. We have two weeks, folks, two weeks to get the word out. And that's why I'm encouraging you right now to go to Kickstarter.com, go search for, for cessationism, get that start first off, fund it, help fund it. And and you know, I'm gonna say I would never ask you guys to do something I have not done myself. I, I am a backer of this film. Okay. Uh, we are we being striving for eternity. Uh, we have our board meeting this week. One of the things we're going to discuss is as, as a ministry backing this, uh, because we want to get we want to get this out there. Okay, so this is something I feel very strongly about. And if they don't get if they can't get fully funded, it it, it may not happen, or at least not happen through Kickstarter. All right, it'll be a lot harder to go back to, do. to go back to ground. Uh, you know, back to ground zero and start over again and, you know, regroup. Um, and I will say, it's funny, one of the comments, you know, they tell you don't ever read the comments, but I, I have to read the comments. I can't help myself. Um, 
and that's how I found out you're demonic, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I saw, I got a comment from one of my posts that said, I'm asking for more money than Benny Hinn. Well, one, that tells me you don't know Benny Hinn very well. Uh, and, and like you said, $100,000, once we, you know, break it down, especially right now with the way gas prices are, travel prices, all that stuff, it's, it, we're making a movie on a shoestring budget for sure. Oh, flights have tripled. I mean, it's, you know, it's, this is not going to be an easy thing to do. And so first off, I'm just saying we, we really want to get, I'm, I'm asking right now for everybody to go to that site right now, fund it and then share it. Okay. Get, get the word out, share this with everyone, you know, now, look, some, some people are going to say, well, and this is where I wish Les was on, you know, I'm having the, I'm, I'm, have the cup here for his last the last film he did one of the things less and i talked about his film spirit and truth i thought was was excellent i disagree with the conclusion he makes he and i had a long talk about this like how could you fund a film and 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 help me do this when you disagree with it i said you know it's dealing with the the regulative principle and in worship i i told him I'm, i'm a dispensationalist so i believe in the regulative principle when it comes to bible interpretation (laughs) so so see i do believe in the regulative principle i just do it with hermeneutics (laughs) it would be a better place if everyone did that really uh, it would be it would be by the way i should say less less sent me a a message because he couldn't he his thing he said uh he he said that he couldn't get connected so he says he says yeah we started off rocky uh, but nothing but love now i'm there in spirit with you (laughs) so and uh, truth yeah and truth but the thing is that i knew less's work to know that he was not going to misrepresent the position and i may not agree with the position to know that in the 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 proper view of a position is better to have out there than to have a position that just does a straw man argument which is what we see a lot of and if you think about this you know I want folks think about and those who are watching live can put it in the chat. Think about the last book you have seen dedicated to the the Holy Spirit that is not from a charismatic perspective. The last one I could think of is is uh, is Ryrie, Charles Ryrie, Holy Spirit. That's the only one I could I could actually think of offhand of a book de- dedicated to the Holy Spirit in a hundred years. Um, it, it's it's the charismatics that have taken taken over, and so many people avoid the person of the Holy Spirit because they don't want to seem charismatic. <laughs> and and it, it's I guess it's almost time we take that back. And and I think some of that is going to be with this what this film ends up doing um, is taking some of that back. Well, I want to I want to say that we, you know, I've had some friends of mine uh, that are not just charismatic, but a, a dear friend of mine's a Pentecostal, and he's shown me more support in this with encouraging text messages, liking and loving the posts. Uh, I don't know if he's given or not, but he said, "Brother, I trust that you're going to handle your position with care, and you're not going to." Um, mishandle how you represent the other side. And I said, no, that's our goal is the truth. Um, now there will be people that think we're mishandling the other side. That's going to happen. But to know that I have brothers 
that are charismatics and Pentecostals that are supporting my father who passed away in February. He was a continuationist up until the day he passed away. And we talked about this. He watched, you know, the interviews that we did to record to get to this place. Uh, and he supported me in it. And so it's the most pushback we've actually gotten is from our own reform circle. That's actually what I've seen. So what, why is that? I'm curious. Well, um, what you're seeing is, and they would push back against this, but uh, it's the the new Calvinism movement that came up in the late '90s, early 2000s that really brought um, that brought continuationism into Reformed theology. Um, you saw it more walking hand in hand. Jeremy Walker, a pastor out of uh, Crawley. England wrote a book actually critiquing the new Calvinism movement. And he himself is a reformed Baptist. Um, and he's been on, he's been on platforms with many of those guys who would be in that new Calvinism movement. Um, but his, he was showing how some of that stuff came into what we call the reformed resurgence of the reformed world as we know it now. Um, so I believe that's where it came in with guys like Wayne Grudem, DA Carson, John Piper, Sam Storms, you know, I've got all their books on my bookshelf. I've taken a lot of great things from all those guys. But what we've also seen come in with them is this idea of the continuationism of the gifts. So um, let, let me deal with uh, some we got coming that we had come in. Right. So I have an email that came in, someone that couldn't watch live, a, a lengthy email. So I'm going to just kind of paraphrase some of it. Uh, the, this person gives a little bit of, of their background. They they were involved in continuous churches, uh, basically from Strange Fire, much like you, Tim, Strange Fire, and then finding out about Justin Peters came out of that. Um, they, they explained that you know having found uh, after finding Justin, they they found us here. Uh, so the person says, so I, I share uh, my past to ask for your help. Uh, I have a brother in Christ who disdains. Uh, cessationists uh, he believes it is we who are creating the disunity in the church and must be corrected we have conversations from his side uh, uh, or conversations that come from his side be, um, they claim are demeaning and hurtful um, at at this point I don't know uh, at this point that certain spiritual gifts have ceased and and the only proof I have heard is the fact that as time has gone on, the book of Acts no longer sees miracles performed by Paul. Um, an example of Paul telling Timothy to drink a little wine for his stomach's sake. So, so basically, they're saying that they have, the, the only argument they hear uh, is we don't see it continuing in, in Acts. Um, and so... I, I think that is an argument some people make. You've already started doing some of the, the, the gotten some of the filming done. What are some of the arguments you're hearing? Is, is that the only argument that gets made for how we know that certain gifts have ceased? You mean the argument that like, well, so, that ceasing with Paul or see, yeah, that things like the fact that Paul, you know, Paul had, was able to heal at one point, uh, we see in, in Philippians, I, 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 I go outside of Acts, but um, 
but I would I would go to Philippians because there Paul himself is with someone who's near death. He, he describes in Philippians that Paphroditus is near death, and he didn't heal him. You know, so the the argument that they make is just well we we see later in in time and later in the book of Acts healings aren't happening. Therefore, that's the only proof that they ceased. Is that is that the only argument that we have that these gifts have ceased? No, I mean, you know, when we, we went up in January to Michigan and interviewed Dr. Joel Beakey, uh, and, you know, he came from a position uh, throughout church history um, where we see, you know, there are a few guys who, who mention uh, some quote-unquote miraculous things that have happened, but, you know, a lot of those things can be substantiated, and a lot of it is there's a lot of superstition that's tied into it regarding the Roman Catholic Church, Um and so a big emphasis for this film will also be taking a very strong stance in church history, which a lot of the pushback we've also gotten is, oh, well, what about this in church history? What about that? And Dr. Beakey kind of goes into some of those things uh, in his in his uh, interview we did. And that's one of the unfortunate things when, when you interview these guys. You're only going to see small portions of it. It's like I'm hoping that we, we're going to have so much that we're going to have lots of extras and lots of things that we might even be able to break it down. Um, you know, interviews that we go further into tongues, uh, healings, uh, prophecies, those types of things. And a lot of people often, the argument is we as cessationists don't believe in any miracles. That's, it's preposterous. Yeah. There wouldn't be salvation if there wasn't miracles. And, and our position in this film is that, the Holy Spirit is at work, um, and the way I heard it best was in the common means of grace, what goes on in God's daily providences. Um, so I don't know if that answered the answer the question, but well, you, uh, I, I'm, I'm able to run off on tangents. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, no, well, I, th- I think even in the trailer, we have the answer. Uh, I forget who it was that, that says, we have a completed canon, right? And, yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, Joel Beakey yeah. says, you know, and... and uh, you know, this word is the final word. Um, and, and then David Wollen, who is the chief executive director of Reformation Heritage Books, you know, we got him in this movie. He's a, he's a pastor. Um, first and foremost, that's what he is. He's a, he's a pastor of a local church. And he talks about, you know, we have everything we need from the Holy Spirit. That, that's what sufficiency is. You know, uh, on my Rap Report podcast uh, in, a, in a, about a week or two, uh, actually two or three weeks, uh, we did a joint podcast and we're going to go through the importance of the sufficiency of scripture and hermeneutics with the the guys from uh, Truth Be Known. But that is the real thing, is that there there's just, people are looking for something outside of scripture. And scripture, I believe, made it clear, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 to 13, it says that this this gift, speaking of languages, along with prophecy and wisdom, will cease. And I think it's very clear that it is when the canon is complete. There, now, there's people that will argue, no, that's end times, that's when Christ returns. And they, they base it by two, two things they base it on. One is to say when we see someone face-to-face. Because it, they'll say, say we, we see Christ face-to-face, looking in a mirror dimly versus seeing face-to-face. And they'll say, see, that, that has to be second coming. And then they'll say, well, see, it says to know in part or to know as fully known. We're only going to know fully when, when we're in heaven, when, when 
you know, Jesus comes back. But that's violating a rule of, of hermeneutics. You're taking something that is a, a meant to be an illustration of a point and using it as a literal. So, that, so those are not saying what so many of the people try to say. And what are those three gifts? Those three gifts deal with revelation. What, what deals with revelation? Oh, the canon. So what that whole text is saying is that you have something that is partial, that comes to completion. And, and these gifts, revelatory gifts, are necessary <laughs> until that thing comes to completion. Well, the, the issue becomes, if that's the second coming, you know, then we would need to keep writing Scripture, if that's what it's saying. We would need more Scripture, but the canon's closed. We have a completed canon. We don't need any more. And if we don't need any more revelation, why would we need any more of the revelatory gifts? We wouldn't. You know, I think, I think it answers it. And I know that, you know, my friend Paul Taylor commented, you know, that uh, he believes that that passage proves that tongues continue until the end times. But this is why hermeneutics are so important. Because if you don't, if you don't know the rules, you don't know you're breaking them. <laughs> right? Well, what do we often see when we see tongue speakers? What do we never see? Interpreters. Almost never. I've I've almost never seen I, a friend of mine, uh, Lisa. Uh, she's a, a producer in this. She's helping us out a lot, and she told a story of a pastor friend of hers going to some charismatic revival tent revival thing, and and he said, "I have a word from the Lord." And he stood up and he he spoke in a tongue, and an interpreter stood up and interpreted it. And he said, "No, you're wrong. I just read to you." from first Corinthians in Greek. And you didn't know that. Uh, now <laughs> she posted that and actually one of the comments and someone said, Oh, well that's being deceiving. It's like, well, you know, he's proving a point. Yeah. This is clearly uh, not the same tongue speaking. We, we see and read in scripture. The tongue speaking that we saw in scripture was known human languages. The only passage, there's only one passage anyone can turn to, to argue that there's an angelic language that we can speak. That's 1 Corinthians 13.1. And if you look at it, what it says is that it seems, at least to imply, that, yeah, there might be, but, but let me read it. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Now, the emphasis there on is on love not the gifts. So he's, he's making a, a comparison between speaking in languages versus having love for one another. He's saying love is better. It's better to have love than just sound like a bunch of people going, making noise. But here's the thing. Is he actually saying that there's an angelic language? Well, if you say yes, if you're taking that literal, then within the same context, we have to take the very next verse literal which says, if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Well, if you knew all mysteries and had all knowledge, Tim, what would we call you? You call me God. That's right. Do, do we really believe that Paul was omniscient? Could Paul be omniscient? No. So the only way to explain it is Paul's exaggerating in verse 2, which means he's also exaggerating 
in verse one. It's the same exact, you, you have the same exact parallelism here. He's just, in, in, it's both dealing with love, but he's changing the, the gifts that they're claiming they have with tongues versus the, the knowledge. Well, this is also the same thing, you know, the cults do. Um, you know, they went to China. They thought they're speaking Chinese. Turns out they're not. Okay, let's regroup. What can we do? Okay, tongues of angels. That's what it is. It's got to be a miraculous, uh, it's got to be angel tongues, whatever Whatever that whatever is, those apparently are. Angel, angels like to drive Hondas and, and Kias. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's, I mean, it, it is the same, and it's the same thing that the Jehovah's Witnesses do or the Mormons have done. Yes. And frankly, when you get away from the sufficiency of Scripture, what also do you have? Or you're leading into the path of liberalism, progressive, progressive theology. Yeah. You're not far from it. And, and you, you mentioned what the Mormons do, and you know, here's the thing most people don't know historically. We have to understand that prior to 1905, Azusa Street, we did not see within Christianity this normalization of speaking in tongues, whatever you want to call them to be. When they first in, 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 first in 1905 started thinking they had the gift of tongues, they thought they were known human languages. That's important to know, because where did we see the gibberish? We saw the gibberish in the, in the cults and the occults. We saw it in, in Mormonism. 1800s, it was the Mormons speaking gibberish. We see it in, in the, 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 the false religions of, of uh, Hindu Kudalini. We, we see this in other, in the occult, the occult of uh, the, the mantras, the New Age movement. All this stuff is where we saw it before 1905. And so what you ended up seeing is when they came back and realized they didn't know Chinese and these other languages and got embarrassed, they, they instead of giving up, because this is, you know, you mentioned pride earlier, Tim. The thing is, when someone builds a platform, and folks, you can see this even today, when someone builds a platform from something, they get known for something, they, they want to keep that platform going. Now, with social media, it just kind of makes it more blatant, but people did that back in the 1900s. You had a bunch of people that got a platform. People started following them because they, they thought they had this special gift. Instead of turning and going, we were frauds, they just found a way to say, no, we, we were doing the right thing. We, we just didn't realize it wasn't Chinese. It was an angelic language, but we didn't know the difference. Instead of just admitting they were wrong, they doubled down. You see this all the time, folks. You, you see it with Joseph Smith. You see it with all, all those guys as well. And so that's, that is a form of pride. And, and what you see is a lot, the reason I think this film is so important is because there's so many people, because of their pride in their experience, will not take an honest look at the other side of the argument. And I think that's what this film is going to do. This film is going to provide a, a reasoned argument for the fact that certain gifts have ceased. And what I think you're going to end up seeing is you're going to start to see that there is a number of people who are going to, like you, Tim, come out of this movement and be far better for it because you're, you, what happens is when you're in this movement, it's all about the experience. And when you come out of this movement and get into the scriptures, it's all about God. 
It's about theology. I mean, that was that was that your experience as well. I mean, I know it was mine. Tim, was that your experience? Yeah, you know, yeah, you you broke up the, uh, for a minute there on my end. Um, yeah, when I when I came came out of it, I remember, um, you know, watching the conference at at uh, Dr. MacArthur's church, and and my wife and I just went back and really had to look at scripture and then take what we were just digesting. And this has made perfect sense. It, not that we were, we were never tongue speakers. We were never ones to um, embrace those things, but I never, I never really considered why those things weren't, why I never used those things. I never felt the gifting. I know I remember watching a video, John Piper talking about, he never spoke in tongues, but he asked the Lord for the gift of tongues. And he's never, did not appreciate his honesty in that. Um, so if, yeah, for us, it was, it was embracing theology and putting, scripture before experience even though we'd never experienced some of those things um but that was important for us yeah jody says it it becomes true worship not focused on self and emotion and and correct um that's that's the thing you know stephanie here says and and this is really the the reason i think this film is so important uh stephanie says i struggled hard for a long time I'm a, about to be 30. It took three years of this show to finally beat me into an understanding. I'm now humbled, horrified, shattered, desperate, uh, everything around me. It, it, it takes a long time for people to come out of this mindset because yeah, there's so the much trust in it. You are. Yeah, the, the longer, you, it's almost like the same with cults, you deprogramming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I... I I get to travel with Justin Peters a lot. Anthony does too. We both have experienced this a lot. Anthony, how many times have you seen people when, when you go somewhere with Justin and he's, it's kind of hard to, to not, you know, he, he sticks out with his scooter, you know? Um, yeah. Not hard to find in the crowd. Yeah. He's easy to find in the crowd, but I mean, how often do you hear this when someone walks up to Justin and they're like, your ministries changed my life. It impacted me so much. I was involved in the charismatic movement. I was, my family was in, and, and your videos help me come out of that. How often do you hear that? Oh, you hear it all the time. <laughs> in fact, just because people know that I know Justin, I'll be places and they'll come up to me and tell me, hey, can you tell Justin something for yes. me? <laughs> yeah, tell Justin, that his, I, I hear, yeah, tell Justin that, that his ministry you know, pulled me out of all this stuff. Yeah. Tim, I think that's going to be what you're going to start hearing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, when I met Justin at G3 conference and just watching him, how he interacts with those people. It's, it's truly humbling. I mean, he's just got such a gracious spirit. And, um, and when he tells you, you know, I'm so glad that, you know, you, you just, you know, he's so sincere and that what he's experienced in his own life to get him to the place where he is where he's at now. And you hear that story when he talks about in clouds without waters, how he got to this place, you know, for me, a lot of it's that it's that healing stuff, you know, that's a whole nother area that we haven't even talked about in this podcast yet. Um, that, that Conrad and Bayway mentions that the, we open our trailer with it, you know, here we are and we've, we've been dealing with COVID and the faith healers and they all went into hiding together with us. He says, yeah, uh, <laughs> Yeah, they did, and, and, and they were wrong on all their predictions of COVID being over. Um, you have Trump getting reelected. Yeah. 
Hey, but yeah, there's profit for you. Yeah. yeah, there's there's that false prophecy for you. But you know, folks, listen, go go out right now. I, I I have seen the number go up a bit, but we are nowhere near the hundred percent mark. So I I am I'm pleading with you guys. This film, any of you that came out of the charismatic movement, I mean, I think I think the lowest deal you guys take is a dollar, right? Isn't that? Let me see. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to give a dollar, give a dollar. That's the widow, the widow's might uh, <laughs> uh, level. But you know, with each with the the way this works on Kickstarters, you get you get different things. I, I mean, I supported Spirit and Truth, and I got a coffee cup, which I which I use. So, um, but you, there's different gifts that they give. That's the way Kickstarter works. Um, and so, I, I am begging you guys to go out and fund this. Let's make this happen. Share this on social media, not just today, but we got 16 days, folks. 16 days to get this fully funded. Let's get this film together. Let's get it out there. Let's answer the, the arguments that are, that are being made. Um, you, you already see the quality of interviews that they've gotten. It, you know, you, you I, have... I can t- if, I can, if I can jump in, I can tell you the list of guys who we have lined up for this is just, it's growing. Um, we wanted to be careful that this movie wasn't just a, Hey, who's the, who's who in the reform circles and the John MacArthur circles. And it's not that, um, though there are guys who we all know and love, but there's, you're going to see guys in here that most people may not know. Uh, who I like to say the voices in the wilderness, um, you know, they're out there preaching, every Lord's day to their, to their church, because this is the movie that we want this movie to be for the local church. Um, we want it to be able to be used in the seminary classroom setting. Uh, but we want you to be able to sit down, um, a mom and a dad and their kids sit down and watch this together and be able to answer their cousins or their neighbors or their loved ones, because we all know we all have family. Like when I went live with this, I knew when I was starting posting on Facebook, I've got family that are on all kinds of different from Roman Catholic to, to charismatic and, and everywhere in between. So this is a, a very heated topic and this is a timely movie. Yeah. So, so Tim, if I can ask you, what are your plans long-term? I mean, obviously I'm sure you guys have to make some money back. Um, are you planning on long-term doing what American gospel did where they gave out like dollar DVDs that are sold dollar DVDs, like in packs where you could just give them away, um, things like that so that we can yeah. use them as. Yeah. Yeah. We do plan to, to do that. We plan to also as well. Um, we're talking in the works of putting together like a deluxe, you know, uh, logic on fire to the deluxe box that had a book and then some other cool stuff in there. Puritan um, had, several DVDs. And, um, so we plan to actually, we have potentially Conrad and Bayway and Brian Borgman, um, writing a book together that would go, that would be a companion to the film, um, that we plan to, to release as well as like a deluxe series. But yeah, we plan to, to get it out there. We just want to get this movie out. You know, if, if we make no money in the movies out there and it just blesses the church, that's, that's our goal. Um, of course we want, we want this movie to be successful. Um, but we want this to be in the hands of everyone. We have, uh, the guys from matter of theology, both drew and Chris posted that matter of theology just supported. Uh, so now Carlos is asking 
is is it the documentary finished filming already? The answer that's no. Uh, no, we, we've got we've got ten interviews. We filmed. We went in October to G three conference, and we got eight interviews. I mean, as cessationists, you know, people say, "Oh, we don't believe in the miraculous." Watching the Lord's providence work in the what three or four days we had at G three conference, everything from the hotel we managed to get literally across the street to us getting the ballroom at the hotel which was, I think, $600 a night. We got it for two days for free. Um, and then shipping off our, our equipment, and we were the last people to walk into FedEx on Saturday or on Saturday before they closed, and we, were the, we had nine boxes full of lighting and all our gear, and we had to ship it. She locked the doors behind us. We would not have made it out of Atlanta if we had, done that, if we had not made that. So the Lord was at work in all of this. So to say that, we're, we haven't finished. We're about... Not quite halfway there, um, so we're looking at nine months of production. And that includes Les's work with his editing and Les is an animator. Um, we want this movie to to I don't know funds the right word, but we want to we're going to have awesome animations that are really going to make this movie pop. So well, there's a lot of work to be done still. Well, one thing that's going to make it pop, and, and you talk about God's providence. I mean, you got these interviews. Everyone was you know dressed jackets ties and then you got this i mean jim jim osmond <laughs> in a bright yellow he looks like he's he, he looks like he's uh should be you know like you know on the street directing traffic or something here uh <laughs> but but there, there you go for i mean that's that's providence right there you know <laughs> and, and if i can show J- J- jim texted me and he said i saw i saw this on the way home from the interview that we did the other night it was a because that's, that's so. what he says. That's what he said. Is he says he looks like the uh, a traffic cone. <laughs> well, you know, it was God's providence. I I, I came over to uh, meet Justin to bring him across the street to where we were filming, and and uh, we were waiting for the next session to start so that it would kind of die down a little bit so that Justin could get out of there. Um, and I was talking to this guy in the booth, and I overheard him talking to someone else about his books. And I'm like, wait, this guy, I think we need this guy. And so <laughs> I got to talking to Jim and I said, well, why don't you come over with just with Justin? And we interviewed Justin. I said, well, do you want to sit down and be interviewed? And he said, sure. And, I said, so that, <laughs> and, and I'll, we only got about uh, 15, 20 minutes with Jim, which we plan to get more. We're yeah, you'll want to get more. Um, he, he's he's pretty that, brilliant. That 15 minutes with Jim was just amazing. Yeah. The, the, the stuff we got from him. Yeah, Drew, Drew says, I think I was, uh, I think this was the day I met Jim. I recognize that shirt. <laughs> yeah, it stands out. <laughs> so, so, you know, um, I know, I know we got to let you go, but, you know, folks, I want to, once again, go out to Kickstarter right now <clears throat> in a different tab, obviously, of your browser, <clears throat> but go out, search for this film. Okay. You can you can find. I will have in the podcast version. I will have the link to this, so that you can just go down in the show notes and click on the link to this. You have 16 days, folks. Let's get this fully funded. All right, let's get this out there because this is the sort of thing I I know for myself. This is the thing where I want to have a couple of hundred copies of to just have with me when I'm in church, when I'm on the street, because this is this comes up all the time. In fact, uh, in a few weeks, I'm going to be, we, we have a, a, a woman in our church that, that trains people in evangelism. She does the way of the master with folks. And she, she's got two different groups that, 
she has some got some guys who are who are running it and you know she, she's she just is really active in evangelism problem is some of those groups at least one of the groups they're almost all charismatic and and, and she's she the focus of the group is to be on evangelism and so what we're going to do is i'm going to do a, a two or three week probably going to be a little bit more just assuming that there's going to be lots of questions but we're planning a two or three week where i'm going to explain why the gifts have ceased and just go through the scriptures it'd be much easier if i could just give her a couple dozen copies and say give this to everyone and i mean that's what i do with justin's when i get someone word of faith i say could you do me a favor watch this review this for me and let me know what you think that's a great way to do it because when you do it that way they're looking to evaluate it because they know you you want to know their response don't tell them what side you're on just let me know what you think it's exactly how you, you do the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons. Yeah. Is you, if you go after them, of course, everyone walls up and, and is ready to go on the defensive. But when you say, when you, can you help me with this? Help me. You know, that's exactly, exactly. And you, you know, I don't know if you realize it, but you have a superhero that uh, is supporting it as well. Captain America, known as Chris Hunholds from Voice of Reason Radio, slash some green the, thing lately. The, says that the Hunholds family household is supporting. He he went as he said it was Green Lantern. I saw I thought it was a Green Burglar <laughs> or Green Goblin. Uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He said it was Green Lantern. Uh, I, I I asked him if he was a Green Burglar. So Chris Chris uh, dress gets up dresses up in uh, as Captain America. Um, and then he also did Daredevil and now Green Lantern, and he'll go to like uh, charity events for kids and things like that. My theory, I, I'm going to get myself in trouble. I, I think I know why Chris doesn't dress up as, as Captain America lately, and he's gotten a new costume. I, I think I know. Uh, I don't know. I may get myself in trouble if I, if I give my theory. You know, either way, if, if my theory is right, I'll get in trouble, and if my theory is wrong, I'll probably get in trouble. But I, I just think I think there was just too much food at, at Christmas time, and you know that was the last we saw him in the outfit. He, he's probably going to say it was because it was too hot that time. He got dressed up and played kickball with uh, a bunch of kids. They had all the superheroes playing kickball with with kids in a hospital. I think it was kids in a hospital or something. And yeah, Chris is slapping his face, his head. Um, he, you know, it, it's, it's probably that he was sweating and almost died from that, but. Uh, he, he's, yeah, he says, he says, yes, we know you were going to do it anyway, Andrew. <laughs> he says, <laughs> uh, well, it could be either one. So Chris, let us know what, what's the real reason you're, you're not, is it just that the suit got old and you want it to be a different superhero? <laughs> but, uh, Tim, I appreciate it. Uh, just looking right now, let me take another look. I, I think the last time I looked, it looks like there's at least another, another dozen supporters. Um, Praise so, God. So, but we want to get that way more, and, and I, I want to encourage you guys to give a whole lot more. You can, you can raise your, your amount as well, by the way. You have, you have 16 days to change the amount. Um, so I, I really want to encourage you guys to, to go out and support this. Well, we right. thank you for this opportunity to come on and talk about the project, and, and it's something that's really near and dear to our hearts, and we believe that, it's it's so timely right now. This is just I, I think it's been timely for fifty years, but it's time it's time that it, it, it happened. Yeah, it's been needed. I think I think you know Les had a good point with me 
And Carlos here is saying, supporting it now. Thank you, Carlos. You, you know, I was talking with Les, and he, he made a, a really good point. You know, you have the Strange Fire Conference that had a great effect on people. You have the Strange Fire book. The, the thing is, you have a generation of people that don't read anymore. And the Strange yeah. Fire Conference is just too long. I mean, this is what we have noticed with these documentary type films is having a one to two hour film uh, is able to just get that in the hands where you're really, really concise is very helpful, at least to spark people to start digging in. Stephanie is saying, I've, I, I've got kick, I, I, I'll give to Kickstarter tomorrow, saved it on a tab. So thank you, Stephanie. Well, you know, you know, Justin Peters said this needs to be a two, three hour movie. And, and I think he's right. We're going to, we're going to have so much that, um, you know, Lord willing that, you know, be it extras or teaching series. Um, and, and just like some of these other documentaries, uh, they will be a kickstart to picking up that book. You know, I, some of the critique I've heard is, well, why would you make a movie about something when there's all these great books about it? But frankly, we're in a generation of people that just don't read like they used to. Yeah. Uh, we are in a media age. People are streaming all kinds of things. So let's give them something that's worthy of their time to sit back, sit and watch, but also a movie that will, uh, we pray glorify God. Yeah. Well, Tim, thanks for coming in. Uh, we're looking forward to this film. Uh, August of 2023. Is that the, the hopeful deadline? Uh, I don't know about all, but sometime in 2023, which I was, I just realized I believe will be 10 years since strange fire conference, which kind of is crazy, but it'll be around the, the anniversary time of strange fire. Oh, there we go. So I, I didn't realize it's been that long since strange fire. I think, I think it was 2013. Yeah, no, I, you're probably right. Yeah. So here's, here's uh Jody is saying agreed. We'll support when the live stream is finished. Praise so uh, someone's saying you could, you could do is three separate movies that would be good. <laughs> you know, everyone loves a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to let George Lucas anywhere near it though. So. so here you go. So Chris is telling us, yes, yeah, strange fire was 2023. Uh, Jason, who Jason, who's one of our, our YouTube members. And if anyone wants, it's watching on YouTube, you can support striving for training by being a member. Um, and Jason's one of them. So uh, he says supporting now I got, I got cornered about the tongues quite often and don't know what to say. I know quite a few charismatics that will be getting a copy. Well, then what you want to do, uh, Jason, just so you know, um, the different, if you go, when you go there and you look at the side, there are different donation levels, get you different physical copies. And so if you want to give a bunch of them out, my suggestion, I'm just trying to look down. Uh, if you give $100 or more, you will get two copies on either DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, so that's, that's at the $100. But you, if you really, uh, well, I'm trying to see, I thought there was like a part where you give like, get 10. Okay, if you give $600 or more, you will get 10 copies of the, the film. So you can give a bunch of them away. So encourage folks, I'm encouraging you to give $600 or more. If you can afford that, um, it would be well worth it to get this, get this out there. So let, let's try to make this happen, folks. Please consider uh, going out on Kickstarter and supporting it today. All right, Tim, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys so much. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right. So let us get, uh, well, before we get to our, our next uh, topic, Anthony, I guess w- it would be a good time 
right now for for a, just a, a word to our sponsor huh got to put that in somewhere so um my pillow is the it sponsors this show if you guys want to get american made products you know just so you realize when you think about this um some of you know the political nature of where we're at these days uh and you know mike liddell from my pillow has taken a lot of heat because he chose to stand up against some of the the nonsense that went on with the 2020 election and he got he they attempted to cancel him uh, many big box stores wouldn't sell his products anymore. M- many of the major places that he used to advertise wouldn't let him advertise. Uh, and so we want to support an, uh, an American-made company that is uh, promoting, at least, uh, Christian values. He claims to be a Christian. Um, not sure if he is, <laughs> but he's at least promoting uh, conservative Christian values. And so at least there we know that our, the money is going you know to support things that are, aren't going to be against our views but uh if but the better thing is you're going to get a good night of sleep uh they got a ton of products they got towels they got uh sheets robes slippers mattress toppers which is great pillows which are great uh go to mypillow.com use promo code sfe it stands for striving for eternity or call 1-800-873-0176 that's 800-873-0176 and use promo code sfe to get your discount so with that uh let's get into uh tonight's the, the what was supposed to be tonight's topic um and and we'll cover this so uh anthony we wanted we're, we're wanted to talk you this was your idea you wanted to talk about uh someone that you and i well here, here's the picture there he is there's me with uh jp sears this is a you and i were out uh just hanging in the lobby of a hotel uh, i forget where we were oh we were we were at shepherd's conference in la oh that was la okay yep and uh we were both sitting there and the next thing we know i mean he's he is very easily recognizable, obviously, yes. right? Yes, just like like he does on all his videos. So and I then, couldn't find my picture. I'm glad you found yours at least. So so let let me just tell you something about him so that you you realize, you guys, if you see in the picture, you see the headphones are dangling there. Anthony, and I walked up to say hi, just grab a quick picture. He was on the phone, and whoever he's on the phone with, he says, "Hey, hold on, I, I got some people here. I got to talk to." He he just dropped the phone, so they they weren't in his ears. So so we could get a picture with him. You know, I felt bad. I mean, I obviously wanted to share the gospel with him, and uh, but he was on the phone, so I kind of felt bad. We didn't want to take a lot of his time, but we kept Anthony I, from us. Yeah, so. he took he took a gospel drive. We we were looking for him the rest of the time so we could share the gospel. But uh, but yeah, so that, so this is who we're talking about. And um, do you want to do any any setup as far as? Uh, this this issue that we're going to address or do you want me to just yeah, play it do you I, I want me do. to play it in and, full and the setup i want to give what's that do, do you want me to play it in full first and then clip it or do you want you want yeah let's just let's stop it along the way okay. I, I think that'd be more beneficial all right it's a the setup i wanted to give is is this issue you know 2020 was was a very interesting year right with covid and one of the um one of the other things that popped up because of covid was you know we we as Christians often will will conflate Christianity and conservatism and lump those together versus liberalism, 
right? And and I get why, because the only way that we can have conservative values, fiscally, morally, and other ways, is is if we actually go back to the Bible and see where its foundation is. It's with God himself and his nature. And so that that's something that we just kind of take for granted. What we forget about is that there are a boatload of conservatives in this country and around the world who aren't Christian. And these are conservatives who we would say from a logical perspective, they don't have a, they don't have a foundation for their beliefs. So they're, they're actually quite arbitrary. They just so happen to be right in their conservative values. And so what I'm really curious about with this video, when I watched it the other day and then I sent it to you, Andrew, and thought it'd be a great show idea is, is JP Sears is a guy who was in general, pretty liberal, uh, socially, fiscally in every way. Um, when he was doing his videos years ago, because that year that we met him had been what, 2018. Yeah. I think it would have been just before COVID. So it might've been 2019. It It could have been 19. It was one of those two years. I actually thought it was the earlier, but could have been um, because of the hotel we were staying at. I don't think uh, we stayed there in 2019. I think it was 2018 that we stayed. Oh, there, you're right. 20, mistaken. 2019, we were in that Airbnb of death. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, it, so 2018 is the, is the earliest, I'm sorry, is the latest that it was. It could have been 2017 as well when we met him. And he was a pretty, pretty liberal guy at that time. And you know, I know a lot of Christians, including myself, had watched some of his videos at times because he was just he was just funny. And uh, he seemed to make fun of all kinds of different groups out there. I and mean, he had a funny my, video about my first introduction was the uh, if meat eaters were like vegans. Yes, that's the one I was talking about. That's yeah. the one that it seemed to go around reform circles on <laughs> that Facebook. Was, that, was great. That, was, that was really funny. <laughs> so so we, so we had a we had a good time, um, you know, seeing some JP stuff. Having said all that, COVID year was, again, an interesting year because this is where we as Christians really got to see the difference between conservative people who aren't mm-hmm. Christian yes. versus Christians who are, should be conservative. <laughs> and, and there's, it's a, it's a weird thing when you mix them together. Per, firsthand, I was invited to speak at a number of events for what we would call freedom fighter events in 2020 and 2021 in the Ohio area. And the reason why is because I had some talks that developed actually way before COVID on where we get our rights from. Where do rights come from? How do we know? Uh, what's the proper role of government? I had done this stuff already. And when when COVID came around, now all of a sudden this is a topic that everybody's actually interested in. And so I developed a little bit further and started giving this talk when people found out about it in the area. And what I found uncanny is that when I was, when I'd be speaking in front of these somewhere large crowds and I would invoke the name, I would just say God. Most people in the audience cheered. They had no problems. When I say that rights come from God, people cheered, loved it. You mentioned Jesus Christ. I had people getting up and leaving. Mm-hmm. I had people that, that suddenly were dead silent and you can hear like a very low grade hiss in there. And so it was, it was a, it shouldn't have been eye opening for me. Like I knew better, but it was still eye opening to just see that kind of an action. And uh, it's really caused me in the last year and a half or so to really press into people. When I, when I meet people who are conservative and they're not Christian, it's a great opportunity to witness to them. It's a great opportunity to, to ask them, why do you have these conservative values? Where do they come from? Right. And, and then we can, 
we can get into a gospel conversation that way. So that's why I want to talk about today because JP goes through abortion. He comes to almost the right answer. I mean, 98% of his answer is right in this video, which he comes to uh, accidentally, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then the last part of it is an arbitrary thing that we would, we, we would disagree with from a Christian perspective. Um, well, well let's, let's, let's get, yeah, let's get into yeah, it. Let's get let's, into let's it now wait and we'll before that. Um, and real quick, uh, so first off, just Chris Sonhold says, Airbnb of death, remind me not to take uh, you on staying uh, at your rental choices. It wasn't mine, Chris, that guy there. Yeah, he, he, and the he's, Airbnb guy lied as oh, the nicest place. Was. Oh, yeah. It, it basically, okay, so the, we, we go to this place. It's it's someone's home. I mean, they're, they live there. They must have just gone on vacation. And when no, they're he on... he goes and stays with his mom when he rents out his Airbnb. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Because it, it, it seemed like, you know, they just, you know, they, they just rented out when, you know, they're out of town or something because all their stuff is everywhere. They, they said there was three bedrooms... And it, yeah, it wasn't, you know, it, it was, it was a scary place. <laughs> you never know what you get with an Airbnb. All right. So let me, let me put this up and you just, I'll, I'll play it. You tell me when you want it to be stopped. Yeah. All right. So, so here we go. <laughs> Kids are cute. Hi friend. In this video, I probably won't be very funny, but what I will do is share with you why I changed my mind about abortion, what I used to believe, what I believe now, and why I changed my mind. And along the way, I'll also be sharing with you my most embarrassing blunder that I'm not proud of about what I used to think about abortion. Oh, and trigger warning, my current thinking about the topic will probably piss you off, no matter which side of the aisle you're on. Hey, why are you sharing your opinion about abortion, JP. Because as a man who obviously could get pregnant at any time, I just feel that it's important that my voice is heard on the matter. And if you don't think my voice should be heard, then that implies that you don't think men can get pregnant. So be careful because we don't want you contradicting yourself with the conflicting Marxist agendas that your mind is infected with. So true. But why I'm really sharing my opinion is I used to think one way about abortion and now I think a completely different way about it. And I just want to share how my thinking has changed because I think it's really important that we allow our thinking to change because that's how we learn and grow. And another reason is that given that the topic of abortion can throw people into a hysterical fit of polarized rage, I just want to share the two cents that comes from my heart and logical discernment. Not my emotional hysteria. Shut up, you oppressive man. We don't need your toxic masculinity. Hi, feminists. If you see toxic masculinity everywhere you look, then the mirror of life might be trying to tell you something about yourself. But (laughs) I'm sure I'm wrong because I'm just an empowered man and you're just a rageful woman who still hasn't recovered from her daddy issues. Also, my current thoughts on abortion probably aren't what you think they're going to be either. You might be thinking, Oh, JP, Mr. Freedom? Well, of course your thinking is going to be in line with the conservatives. No, not exactly. 
I don't like to outsource my thinking to any group. I like to think for myself. And you might also be thinking, well, does that mean, JP, you've gone all crazy liberal on us? You're going to dye your hair blue next? Nope. My thinking definitely isn't in line with what they're told to think, nor is it in some boring middle ground either. It's more in like a, a straight line that pierces into a different dimension. So let me explain, starting with what I used to think about abortion, and at the end, we'll get to what I do think about abortion now. I used to think pretty much like a leftist about abortion. Not only did I think women should have the right to an abortion, I thought getting an abortion was a pretty empowered choice for a woman to make. Like, <laughs> you go girl, kill that baby. And I also used to think that like in the first trimester, the baby that you're about to kill, it's not really a baby yet, because I've heard other people say that, and it's a pretty convenient thing to think. Here's my most embarrassing blunder about my old thinking about abortion. Now, I'm not proud of it, but it's true, so I'm going to share it. Here it is. The thinking that was going through my mind about abortion, it wasn't my thinking. The leftist propaganda about abortion got to me. I'll admit it. I, I fell for it. And it's 100% my fault. It was nothing other than mental weakness and a lack of self-awareness on my part that allowed it. And the scariest thing about it was I didn't know it was propaganda. I thought it was my own thinking. Uh, leftist propaganda about abortion, JP? Huh? Yeah, without sugarcoating it, I think there's evil, tyrannical people in this world, controlled by Satan, if I'm being honest, and I am, who want to keep the population of the world small so it's easier for them to control everybody, and they want to destroy the nuclear family so people grow up weaker and are therefore more controllable. And knowing's half their... So, you know, what's interesting about, about JP, we, we've listened to enough now to hear, um, he admits, right? He admits that he, he was a classic leftist in terms of the abortion argument being, being what they would call pro-choice. I would call pro-murder, <clears throat> but he was, he was pretty classic with that. And, but what's interesting about guys like him, Bill Maher and, and others uh, Joe Rogan, right? These guys are all quite liberal, and there's there's a boatload of others who had a wake up call during during the time of COVID. Well, I don't I don't know that that's the case. I mean, I so, somewhat I'm going to somewhat agree with you. You know what I think? I I think that Elon Musk put it well in a little drawing he put up on where he's at. I think that the left has gone so far left. That guys like this, Elon Musk, JP, um, they've they've seen how far left the left has gone, and they realize they've gone too far, and 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 so maybe they're waking up in in light of that, but they're they're not. I don't know that they're coming conservative. I mean, because you think about it, it's kind of sad. The the, the conservatives, the, the Christians, are all looking at these conservative people that are all libertarian. Mm-hmm. JP Sears, Elon Musk. Donald Trump, they're, they're libertarians. They're not conservatives. <laughs> but, you know, it, it just shows how sad the conservative movement is. I mean, DeSantis would be a conservative. He's probably the, the best-known conservative right now. Best example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess my, my point to this, though, is, is these guys all make a living by talking. Yeah. Right. And, and they they love their talking and they have lots of people following them. And then all of a sudden, when they recognized that 
their own talking was getting stopped because they had a, a disagreement with the COVID narrative. And this is this was true with with a number of them. Although Bill Maher actually was was much earlier than that, right? He had the he had the issue that Richard Dawkins did, where they they as as much as they hated Christianity, they recognized that Christianity was the one thing stopping the Muslims from taking over the world, mm-hmm. right? And that that's a very unpopular opinion. It's a true one, <laughs> and they're correct. But uh, but that's what I found fascinating is is that is that J.P. Sears, who was leftist in, in a number of ways, but used his freedom of speech, even though the leftists tend to block freedom of speech when it comes from people that oppose their, their view. Mm-hmm. And that was really his, his big wake-up call. So I, I don't know if you've got anything else that we can keep. Well, keep I, I want, for, for the podcast audience who listens just to audio, as J.P.'s doing this, he's wearing a shirt that says, Fetal Lives Matter. So, I mean, just, you know, I can't read. He's got some small print underneath it that I can't read, but just. It's Awaken with JP. That's his little. Oh, is that? Okay. So, uh, just so you know that that's, you know, they can't see this. So, uh, all right, I'll hit play. Which, which, by the way, it, it not only is a, a, uh, against an, against abortion shirt, it is also a a poke in the eye of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Oh, because it's against as well. Yeah. It's designed, uh, well, actually, he at first he supported Black Lives Matter when George Floyd died, mm-hmm. and he's 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 awakened he flipped. <laughs> on what yeah. that really was about. So, uh, so let's keep going. At all. Getting people to get abortions is a big strategy of theirs, and they get people to get abortions through their propaganda that gets people to think that not only are abortions okay. But abortions should be a celebrated, empowered choice. More on that in a minute. But the moral of this story is that propaganda got to me. Now my pronouns are he who thinks for himself. (laughs) So I can better draw a distinction between what my heart feels and what my own critical thinking says versus the propaganda that comes into my mind from outside sources. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I've made a lot of progress in this area. Thus, I no longer believe abortions are just okay, and I certainly don't believe there's something to be celebrated. I look at what I used to think and what's all over the leftist media today and it's very clear that people are being persuaded to think about abortion as a virtue. This happens through weaponized morality. That's when you have manipulative people who get good people to think that doing something horrible is not only not horrible, but it's a good thing to do. It's a moral thing. In Nazi Germany, it was turn your neighbor in to face a certain death because it's the right thing to do. Now it's scream at your neighbor for not getting jabbed because it helps keep everyone safe or peacefully burn down buildings in Portland because racial equality is important or get an abortion because of women's empowerment. Sound familiar? Yeah, it's all weaponized. Okay, it froze. I will unapologetically say that pretending a baby isn't a baby and then killing the baby is not a virtue. It might be a choice, but it's certainly not a virtue. Having a choice is empowering, but that doesn't mean 
any choice you make is an empowered choice. For example, if you're over 21, you have the choice of whether or not to drink large amounts of alcohol every night. And if you choose to get drunk every night, that doesn't mean you're choosing an empowered choice. I think we'd all agree that though the choice is yours, choosing to drink excessively every night is a very disempowered choice. Yet weaponized morality tries to get women to think that they're making an empowered choice if they choose to abort their baby. But what I consider to be a very empowered choice for women around reproduction is for them to have very strong discernment and boundaries about who they have sex with in the first place. Having sex with someone to fill a psychological void so you can feel like you matter to them and are valued by them for a few moments is a very disempowered choice from the Genesis. But I got an abortion so I'm empowered now. No, because anything built on the foundation of a disempowered choice will simply be an extension of disempowerment. The illusion of empowered choice in the abortion scenario is maybe just a rationalization for not improving your self-esteem by using courage to make more empowered choices from the get-go that have you filling your psychological voids from within rather than using men to fill them. Hi again, feminists! Feel free to go back and listen to that part again. And just so you know, getting mad every time you hear someone say something you don't like doesn't make you empowered. It makes you unstable. (laughs) Okay, JP, you've shared what you used to think about abortion. So what do you think about abortion? Great question. My current perspective will probably piss off all the leftists, and it'll probably piss off a lot of conservatives who otherwise agree with me on a lot of issues, but instead of just going along with groupthink, I'd rather be honest. So here it is. I think abortions are evil yet should be legal for the first couple months after conception. Say more, JP. I will. I truly believe that abortion is straight-up killing babies. All right. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. The first three three months. I'm going to back it up, too, so we catch some of what you... So he calls it straight-up evil. Now, we've talked in the show in the past multiple times that, that to define good and evil, we have to define good first. Defining good is, is God. Right? So understanding good is, is the nature of, of God. Evil would be the absence of, of his goodness, and, uh, and there'd be varying degrees of evil from that perspective. But when we look at JP, he's using a word evil that can only be understood correctly in the context of God. Yep. So that's that's the first thing I would I would say here. Um, but number two, this is where logical arguments. Now, JP spent. I think we've gone what maybe seven or eight minutes are, into this. Yeah, we're oh, yeah seven minutes fifty seconds. Yes, yeah, so almost eight minutes in this video, and you can tell he carefully crafted how yeah. he was going to speak through this. Correct. Very carefully, and he thought through this really well. And yet, yet when you don't have a a, a, a Christian mindset and you don't have the underpinnings to God and his word, we have these hiccups, inconsistencies, whatever you want to call them, where on one hand he calls it evil. On the other hand, he says, but it should be legal in the first three months. Well, he's going to explain why he thinks it should be. He will. He will. But, but he, he's, a, he's saying it's evil. He's saying it is murder. Okay. And yet he allows it. So let me. So so here's uh, Drew says this. Then why should it be legal for the first three months? Well, we're gonna we're gonna look at that. 
uh, Chris says mm-hmm. it's murder, but keep it legal. Um, yeah, that that's where the problem is. And so let me l- let me. Um, I'm just trying to look for an episode. I was I, I did an episode with Chris Honholds on uh, on Voice of Reason Radio. So if you go on Voice of Reason Radios and and check that out, it's called Christianity versus Conservatism. It was uh, March nineteenth, and and we dealt with this in a different in it with a different area, not the abortion area, but we're addressing this issue of the difference between conservatism and Christian. What, what he's arguing for maybe would be conservatism, mm-hmm. but it's not Christian, and it's not true conservatism, because here's the problem that we see. So what is conservatism? Uh, conservatism in America is conserving the the constitution the original understanding of the constitution liberalism in america would be that we have a constitution that's our law and we want to be a little bit more liberal with it and and redefine it and and let it be a living document to to have a different meaning for us today and conservatism is to, to hold to those those original thoughts the original meaning of the constitution that's conservatism as Christians, the question becomes, what is the standard? And you're getting to that with, with the issue of, of evil. You know, Kofi is saying, is there a statute of limitations on evil now? And, and that's the point is, you, 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 we have to get to what is evil? Where do we get to be able to define something as evil? But when we're looking at this issue... We as Christians have a different standard. Our standard is not the Constitution of the United States. We have a higher standard, the Bible. If it is murder, it is always wrong in all cases. That's the way it is. There's no case where you say that you're going to kill a child when the only life that's at risk is that child. And, and and when we say life at risk, because they're saying the life of the mother, and life of the mother means if the mother just is doesn't feel like having the child, then her you know her life's at risk. What, right? No, like the only case that that is plausible is if the mother is going to die. In other words, the the mother is, um, you know, is at a state where. It's either her or the baby. That is the only argument that you can make because one of the two will die. But to so in in that case you're not you're you're looking to save the life of one. That's different argument ethically than taking the life. He's acknowledging that it is the taking of a life. He's acknowledging it's a human life and it's a baby and it's murder. But because he doesn't have a universal absolute standard, he can make contradictory arguments like, yes, it's an evil, but we should keep it legal. As a Christian, we would say no. The, the issue becomes, if it's evil, it's evil. And that's it. We, yeah. don't, we don't make excuses yeah, that's for right. it. And you brought some brought up some interesting points about def, um, showing the difference between being conservative versus being constitutional, right? In this, yeah. in this country, and, and real quick, uh, just because you know, this may work into what you're saying, humble Clay says conservative and Republican are not the same thing. 
And that's true as well. That's true, especially now. Yeah. So, you know, and this is where things got really cloudy for a lot of Christians in, in 2020. And, and we had to be very careful in how we, where we put our foot down in certain things. You know, we, we acknowledged, Andrew, I know, you know, you and I disagreed, especially early on about, do we, do we listen to the government? What about vaccines? I mean, we, we had some disagreements early and I think now we're pretty much on the same page um, in regards to all that stuff. But, um, but these were a lot of discussions that happened between a lot of Christians and the United States is unique, right? We have a constitution and a declaration of independence bill of rights here that, that uh, despite what people tell you, the founding fathers in general had a Christian worldview in mind when writing the Declaration of Independence, when writing the Constitution and Bill of Rights. And so you're going to see some Christian values built into it. We understand that the foundation of rights to begin with has to come from God as they acknowledge in Declaration of Independence. Yet it doesn't make the Constitution Christian. And so there were Christians, a lot of them, who who I think meant well, but they focused much more on their constitutional rights rather than their rights that are inalienable from creator God as their primary argument. So yeah. it's, 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 it's a complicated issue, certainly. And uh, maybe, maybe if people want it, we can do a show on this in the future, but uh, yeah. let's keep going on with JP okay. here. So let's, let's see what his view is now. I truly believe that abortion is straight up killing babies. And not only is that not a virtue, that's evil. Yet, if I imagine I'm a woman, as apparently a lot of men are doing nowadays, and I imagine I was raped, which is certainly an act of evil itself, and I got pregnant from it, I think I would get an abortion. Is that still evil? Like, I don't know. Probably. But I'd still probably get one. Okay, and you said a couple months after conception. Like, why a couple months, JP? Ah, it's just kind of an arbitrary number. But what I'm certain of, though, yeah, is late-term there. abortions okay. and even mid-term. So, so there's two things he said there, right? Yeah. He, he, he knows it's probably wrong. Yeah. He, so he's, he acknowledges he's, he's not being consistent. Yeah, he admits it's arbitrary, his, yeah. his, his thought. I mean, so at least he's being honest yeah. in regards to his thought process here. That's what I like about him. <laughs> yeah. And this is what happens, though. Again, when you don't, when you don't have the foundation of the Bible that we, can, that we can rest on as absolute truth, these are the things that, that can occur, is you have inconsistencies. Okay, so let, let me address the issue of rape, because this comes up with so many, and people are challenged with this, Okay. How could you say that someone who's raped should have to carry that child, the, the emotion that they have to go through? I, I heard this when I was at Purdue University speaking on abortion with this girl who had been raped and had an abortion. And she said she would have killed herself had she had to live through that. The answer is very simple. The, the, we, the starting point that our culture lives in now is not a biblical one. And what we need to do is give them the biblical arguments first. They yep. start with the premise that I should get everything I want in life. They, they have a false view of the American dream. Why do I say that? The American dream is you could, you could be whatever you want to be. And people think that means, well, look, a guy could be a girl. <laughs> Right. I mean, that's what they now think the American dream is. I could do anything. I should be able to do anything I want. 
No, the American dream is that you weren't in some class system, a working class versus a noble class, where you couldn't raise to a certain level. You had a certain lot in life by who who you're born from, and that was it. And in America, you could work hard and produce a future for you and your, your offspring that had nothing to do with who you're born to and, and things like that. That was the American dream. But because you have so many people that have this view that they should that their their life should be about their happiness, then me having to go through life having uh, the product of of a rape for nine months, I shouldn't have to deal with that. Okay, now let's look at the biblical view. You're a wretched sinner. You don't deserve the breath that's currently in your lungs. You don't deserve anything good. Who do, you, who do you think you are that you should get to decide how your life should go? No, none of us do. Is, is it somehow the, the, the unfair for the person who's born with cerebral palsy or um, any other disease? Is that fair? Do they get a choice in that? No. Do, do, do we get a choice when someone... Gets, runs their car into ours, and now we're a quadriplegic. Do we get a choice in that? No. We deal with that. That's called life. Now, this isn't saying, hey, I was raped and that's a bad thing. Yes, punish the rapist. You don't kill the child for the sins of the father. Rape is wrong. But we don't go after the child and take its life because the mother wants to be happy because she doesn't want to deal with what happened to her. And one of the things that I, I also will point out is so many of these people that are for abortion, especially in the case of rape, you know what else they're really for? Pornography. What is it that's producing the rape culture? Yeah, it's that pornography. You know, there's not a single rapist that didn't start by watching pornography. There's a direct causal effect. It doesn't mean that everyone who watches pornography will go and rape, but every rapist started by watching pornography. And so they end up in this worldview where they want to support the thing that creates the rape culture. They just don't want the rape culture. Why? Because they want to watch the pornography too, even the women. Okay. As the case that I've, in the conversation I had, she likes watching pornography. But yet that's the thing that produced someone to, to have the ideas and the thoughts to do that. So, so it's, it's again, it's just like JP has an inconsistency. So do, does everybody who argues for the, the, the situation of like he's making of, well, in rape, it's an acceptable case. Right. Abortions should be completely banned. And for the record, I don't believe any of the BS that says, well, a baby isn't a baby until we want it to be a baby. No, a baby is a baby from the moment of conception. And there's evil lunatics out there that want to be able to kill babies up until the moment of birth. And there's even a California bill that's been proposed that would allow people to kill babies up to 28 days 
afterbirth. There's no question in my mind that there's nothing but pure evil behind this. And if you give these evil lunatics an inch, they'll take a mile. But they'll take that mile inch by inch so your mind acclimates along the way and can't... Okay, I'll stop it there because notice what he's saying. He's saying it starts at conception. Yep. Says you can't give these evil people an inch. Why has he got the three months? Because he's giving them three inches or three three months instead of nine, right? He's 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 giving in the inch. He's saying we can't give in an inch, but he did it. Yeah. Be- because if it start if if it's a life at conception, there's no argument for not yeah. making it at conception that you can't have an abortion. I'll tell you one of the troubling things, too, um, not with what he says, but that bill in California, that's actually been been talked about in committee for at Mm -hmm. least a year and a half now. It's probably been longer. New York's been talking about it for at least a year now as well. I think theirs was up to a week after, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, the argument that that a lot of pro-lifers or or abolitionists use um, in talking about the the pro death movement is that they say, well, they believe it's a, a clump of cells. I don't believe that's true. I don't believe people who are pro-death or pro-choice by their own um, admission that they actually believe it's a clump of cells. They know it's a baby. Well, and, and, they say, and they say so as much. So. They say as much at the abortion mills. When we go out to abortion yeah. mills, they say, I, I've heard it. I'm going in to murder my baby today. They're proud of it. They're, yes. they're, they're not yeah. a victim. That's, that's right. And not, not, no not all of them, at least. Yeah. Look no further than every hospital website that you pull up and go to their pregnancy section, and you will see hospital websites full of information about your baby at four weeks is now has a developing heart. Your baby <clears> at eight <throat> weeks now has this. Your baby at 12 weeks now has this. The whole time these websites are calling it a baby. Everybody who's pregnant knows it is a baby. Quite distinguish how outrageously evil the acts are. Unchecked, you can only just imagine where these evil lunatics will have abortion in 20 years. Oh, your kid's two years old. Uh, does he talk yet? No. Oh, well, a clump of cells isn't really a human until it learns language. So why don't you take him out back for an abortion while we celebrate you? Okay. So you might be saying, okay, JP. You think abortion is pure evil, yet you don't think it should be 100% banned? Don't you think we have a responsibility to protect unborn children? That's a great question, and I could imagine how that could be very true. And another way I'm looking at it in this moment is through the lens of a freedom maximalist. For the baby inside that mother... God has assigned that mother and father to be the protectors of him or her. And in the name of not letting the God-given freedom and sovereignty over the mother's being being infringed on while the baby's inside of her, I do worry that outsiders stepping in to try to protect the unborn child could be an erosion of freedom that exists on a very slippery slope. And if the parents not only don't protect the fetus, but actually harm it, then that means they are very shitty protectors. And from there, that's perhaps for God to deal with them about, not for other people to play God and deal with them about. And I don't know if I'm right with this part of my thinking. I just know it's what my thinking is in this moment. So in conclusion, I think abortion is evil. I think it's a very evil choice. I believe children are divine droplets of God incarnated to allow divinity to unfold and for heaven on earth to be lived. 
And I think the killing of divine droplets of God is nothing other than satanic. I also believe there's many loving women out there who have had abortions, and now they feel the pain and regret of it. To them, I say... Please have a voice so your light can help illuminate a better way for other women out there who would otherwise be misguided by all the weaponized morality and the abortion propaganda. I also believe that if you're in your heart and you truly ask for it, God, yourself, and your baby's soul will forgive you. We've all done things in our life we feel remorse about, certainly including me. Further in conclusion, I believe there's vicious propaganda out there that tries to frame abortion as a virtuous thing to do. I recommend never outsourcing your thinking to the propaganda or the evil tyrants controlling it while you think for yourself instead. Finally, I love evolving my thinking, which means having the courage to disagree with what I used to think is true so that I can learn, grow, and adopt beliefs that serve me better now. And I could be delusional, but I think it's beneficial for everyone to do the same thing. That's why I made this video, to help encourage it. Now to you! What do you think about abortion? Is it any different than what you used to think about it? What topics have you allowed yourself to change your thinking about over time? And how have you become empowered as a result? And if you haven't changed your thinking about anything, how does it feel to be super certain of yourself while you refuse to grow? Let me know in the comments below. And until next time, stay free, my friend. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, so. uh, I'm, I, I will, I'm going to end up, uh, we'll bring, bring it back in, um, in a bit. Um, but cause I do want to, since we're, we played his full video, I think we should also, he's got like a minute and a half of commercials to help fund him. So we might as well play those at the end. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's a lot there that he said that is problematic. Div divine droplets of God. <laughs> yeah. That's that that obviously points towards some type of Eastern mysticism, Buddhism, pantheism, um, which have a lot of uh, similarities. So, and, and that really is JP's starting point is he's been that way in videos as far back as I can remember that I've seen of him. Um, his wife is a yoga person. Yeah. She's very, she's, she's very well. into yoga. Yeah. So, yeah. so when it doesn't surprise me that, that, he would have that as his, as his background anyway. Um, freedom. Interesting, right? So for two years, we've, we've been talking about freedom, the rights we have from God, freedom. What is a biblical viewpoint on freedom? Because I think a lot of Christians get this one wrong as well. And so it's it's more rhetorical. I'm not putting you on the spot, Andrew. Oh, I, oh, I didn't know if you were asking me. I thought oh, you. Sure I thought it was I rhetorical, so I was waiting for you to answer for folks. But I can answer if you want. But go ahead, go ahead and answer. Well, I mean, freedom is is what the the autonomy that God gives to us it is not a complete autonomy. It's not a universal right. autonomy. It's not an absolute autonomy. It is an autonomy that we have within what God has provided for us, and part of that is going to include when God creates us, where he puts us, <clears throat> you know, we have different freedoms in different countries, right? But there's going to be universal freedoms that God gives to every human everywhere. Yep. And it doesn't matter what the law is, but it its source is from God because he's oh, the creator. Always. 
Yeah. And really, I would make the argument that freedom, the freedoms would be a subset of rights anyway. And so when we understand the privileges, um, what he expects of us, because that's where the freedoms are limited is in terms of his expectations. We don't have freedom to murder people. Um, That's that would be that would be something we can't do. So um, so obviously he comes from a, a standpoint of just total freedom and being what he calls a, a free thinker, whereas as Christians, we are to conform our mind to God's mind. We are to read his word, and, uh, and that is what's supposed to be penetrating our hearts and our minds, and, and that is how we're supposed to be living. So um, obviously very different. I just, I, I, want, I really want to go through this video today because I just, I really find the whole thing fascinating, right? He would, he would agree, we would agree with him in 95% of what he said, something like that. Maybe, maybe less, uh, definitely maybe all the, less? when he, the first half, when he described the abortionist, yeah, we'd agree probably with all that. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't agree when it comes to divine dark droplet, you know, he, right. he's referring to God, but you know, and he even says, well, you're, you're Satanist. If you, if you don't agree and yet he's allowing, like he's basically saying, yes, there's three months where you can be a Satanist. Then after that, you're good. But it starts at conception. It's just an inconsistent view. It's an inconsistent view. And this is what happens when you don't start with the Christian worldview. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the whole point of this video. Because if you start with a subjective point of view, you're you're trying to answer something with a subjective source rather than an absolute source. We're going to argue from an absolute standard. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we can say something is wrong. Not because we said it, because it goes against the nature of God. There's a big difference there. What makes it wrong is it is a violation of God's nature. Yep, that's right. And so, you know, what I, what I would love is, is um, I'll probably try to reach out through whatever channels I can find. And I would love to have JP on and talk through yeah, this issue. It would be good. And really any other um, that he's that he's gone over and... Uh, and of course, you know, JP, if, if you do run across this video, um, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to get tagged somehow and it might come under your attention. And I know we're like nobody's compared to your 2.5 million subscribers. <laughs> but but in all in all sincerity, um, I am I am thrilled that you had the courage to actually come out with a video like mm-hmm. this that could easily isolates you from a numerous of your followers especially in today's climate with them leaking the uh the the announcement from the supreme court i think purposely so that they could terrorize the justices and have them fear you know to change their mind yeah that's right so it's called terrorism by the way i'm really glad that uh that you came out of the video had the courage to do this and uh, and that you landed on on and mostly, the well, no, right. he he landed. I mean, I, I would say he landed in the right spot in the in his rationale, yeah. being that even though we, I think we'd say a different God, but his rationale that God creates at at conception that that it's at conception that it's a life, and that God is the source of life. We that's he's right there. We have a different view of who that God is. Granted. Mm-hmm. But I think he's right there. It's it's and he's admitting he's being arbitrary and you know and inconsistent. So it's so it's not that 
in, in his defense, I guess, it's not that he's just he's being completely inconsistent in the sense where it's, hey, this is what it is. No, he's saying it's arbitrary. I'm making it up. I'm not sure. And I, I think that as he if he keeps thinking through it, he's gonna he's gonna have to land in you know a more biblical position and say it's always wrong. Yep, I, I I would agree. So so JP, if you are watching or will be watching in the uh, in the future on this, we would love to have you on. And uh, you can find us at strivingfraternity.org or info at strivingfraternity.org would be the email. Yeah, and, uh, we'd be happy to get you on and and uh, and talk through this. Um, obviously, the most important thing, JP, is if you if you are watching, our biggest concern is is really for your soul. It is it is that that even though you landed right, almost right on this position, even though you've landed right or almost right on numerous other positions in the last year and a half that I've seen you do in your videos, the bottom line is is that is that you are a wretched sinner. And you're going to face God on, on Judgment Day. It's not going to be this this yoga God. It's not going to be this this Buddhist God. This pantheism God. It is going to be the one true God of the Bible. It is going to be Jesus Christ that you are going to face, and you're going to get accounting for every one of your sins. And the reality is, it doesn't matter how much good you've ever done. It doesn't matter how, doesn't matter how many good videos you've put out. And to teach people the right way, the reality is, is that you're going to have a punishment for your crime, and rightfully so. And and that because you've sinned against God who's eternal, your punishment is going to be eternal in hell. Yeah. And so we pray that you recognize that these values that you have floating on in your head that you're thinking through right now, they can only be pinned on God. The God of the Bible, the creator God, the one who gives all rights where we get our rights from, where we get morality from, that's the God that is is the real God. And and we pray that you repent of your sin and put your trust in him and that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection paid that penalty for sin for those who repent and believe. So, JP, I do hope that you, you hear this, and I do hope you come on and, and talk about this a little bit more. All right, so we, we got uh, a question that did come up earlier, uh, and... Uh, it is a uh, question is, is there a difference between church or saints? Uh, lots of love from Australia. So um, let, let's deal with this. Uh, and then we got someone that's in back backstage. Backgrounds, yeah. So uh, in, in a sense, yes. In a sense, no. I mean, the church is the body of believers. It's, it's the multitude of believers. Okay. And you're saying saints, plural. So, Every believer is a saint. That's what the New Covenant says, right? We're a priesthood of believers. We, we're considered saints in the, in the idea that we're set apart for God. That's what a saint means. We're set apart for God. Which is not the Catholic viewpoint of saints. Correct. <laughs> Very different. Yes. And so we would say that we are, we are saints because the Holy Spirit indwells us and sets us apart. Well, who makes up the saints? The church. So when you say between the church and the saints, well, if we're talking the universal or invisible church, which is the church of all believers, then yes, we would we would be saints. If you're speaking of a local church, the answer is possibly, because you can have unbelievers in a local body. So, all right, let me bring uh, Cole in. He was in the backstage first. Cole, welcome to the show. 
Thanks, guys. Good to see you again, Anthony. Yeah, you too. So, um, I've run into JP, not like personally, but uh, some of his videos with people that I watch, considering like uh, Tim Cast. Some people might be familiar with Tim Cast. Mm-hmm. He's an independent journalist. And a lot the the question I put in the chat here about the libertarian classical liberal realm. Um, a lot of these people are going against the the old narrative of safe, legal, and rare because it is more and more obvious that there is no longer some kind of gray area that the left is taking when it comes to abortion. They're more on the abortion for any reason position. And so they're against that, right? But the issue with the libertarian realms is that they they are having trouble with the conundrum of allowing the government to take uh, authority over a person's bodily autonomy in either direction, whether forcing someone to live with another being within them versus, or whether saying they can choose whether or not that being can be removed from them. Now, I'm with you guys on, on this argument, but I'm posting this because I keep hearing this and I'm trying to figure out how do we work from that position and help that thought process along to where we can get to the abolition because that would require government. Help me with the. I'm not sure I fully understand the question. Well, how well how would we navigate the issue from because what we're what we're advocating for on, as Christians is the abolition of abortion as a la carte for any mm-hmm. reason, right? And the libertarians who are kind of on the fence, kind of what we're what we're talking about here. About oh, so how do we f- how do we move someone from JP's position to ours? Is that the question? Be- yeah, because okay. their issue and the reason and the issue that they're on the fence about is the government having a say in this. And I think it's something similar to capital punishment because there are some of us in the Christian realm that would say, okay, capital punishment well, and murder, but we are not cool with allowing the government to put yeah. people to death because there's issues with you know, wrongful accusation and different things like sure. that. So it's kind of one of those messy areas. So, so let me, let me answer it this way is twofold. One, someone like JP already has the right view. He already realizes that life begins at conception. So now he's got to see that it's murder at any stage. And therefore the, the thing I was going to say second is, the way you do it is you have to reframe the argument. They have been gaslighted, told a lie mm-hmm. long enough that they believe that this argument is about a woman's right and how, with how the woman feels and what the woman has to put up with. And they are, they're not conditioned to think about it from the child. And I will tell you, it is really hard to get them to change that mindset. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. Our whole argument is based on the perspective from the protection of the child, not what the mother wants. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter what the mother wants. She's a mother. She's pregnant. She now keeps that child. It doesn't matter how she got that child. That is a human being that has human rights. And that's the way that I end up arguing it is... To, to reframe the question where I don't care what you think about your rights are. Mm-hmm. 
the human being in your womb has rights. Yeah, this becomes one of the God only issues. Rights. This is one of the only say, issues hold on, where... Say, say again, Anthony? Is it God-ordained rights? God-ordained rights, okay, it's, yeah. It's not American rights, it's, Correct. it's God's. What are you saying, Cole? This, this becomes one of, those, one of the only issues where the, the human rights of the individual are compromised as the adult, right? Being the mom. This is one of those only, only things because now we have, we're not just in the libertarian realm of like the non-aggression principle or, I, or self-ownership. We're now, we have two beings that are interlocked together and one's life is contingent upon the others for a time. Right. Yeah. So this is the basis of the argument right there too. I'm just coming at it from a different angle. And I always find it like, I agree with what you're saying and it's hard to posit that in somebody because there's so much emotion wrapped up in the issue with people. And I always try to come at it from the, the, like how JP was saying about, you know, maybe this issue should have been thought about before the act that brought the conception to bear. Right. There should have been something to happen there. And what are we doing as a society, as communities to make sure that when things happen that go south and there are what the hell they say, unwanted pregnancies or unexpected pregnancies that we have, we have community safety nets instead of offloading our responsibility to government agencies or third parties that actually have malintent in mind. Well, the issue is when it comes to the government is where do they get the authority? The, the, mm-hmm. the authority that they get is from God. God gives them the authority to govern. And mm-hmm. so they don't have the authority to murder. They have the True. authority of capital punishment. Um, you know, Chris Hunnell says, no one has a God-given right to murder a child in the womb. And that's the whole issue. Right. Where does the government get their rights? They get their rights from God. And it's, it's well, actually, they don't even get rights from God, right? It, it, it is, I mean, in a sense, they do in terms of what they are allowed to do. But yeah. really, there's, I mean, in Romans 13, they are the servants of God to carry to out, carry the out. Good, yeah. punish the wicked according to God's standard. Correct. So. And, and so, oh, we have officially Ooh. entered into Anthony time. All right. I now have a special chime. This is amazing. I got my Zevian hand, special chime. <laughs> Anthony time is when we go over the two-hour mark, which seems to happen a lot when Anthony's here. Actually, every time Anthony's here, that's why it's called the Anthony time. So these are the bonus, bonus hours <laughs> or bonus time. Sometimes it is hours. So welcome to Anthony time. So does, it, so that's, does that answer your question, Cole? Yeah, Um I'm, I'm more trying to, I, I enjoy all of this and getting the, the feedback with, from the scripture side of it. It's uh, the thing I think that comes to mind is when we're dealing with people that are not saved versus saved, there's, there's a gentleness that needs to be there in consideration in order in bringing this message to them and also having a, a gospel there. Ultimately there's going to be that uncomfortable moment where it's, Hey, we're all sinners and we're all going to hear, going to hell if we don't have salvation and restoration. And we have to get through that gospel, that hard part of the gospel message. But I think also, like me trying to pot, like I'm glad you guys have the JP a video here because I didn't know you guys were hip to what that was, what was going on with that. Because I'm in these realms a lot. I've done podcasting and I, I have 
friends in, on Discord, which is another video chat um, app that are in California. They're in Northern California, but they're like what they're on the surface. You would see them and think that, you know, the, the left would go, oh, that's a diverse group. And it's like, no, they're, they, they actually hate everything that the left is about. It is hilarious because there's there's like a Chinese lady who whose family had escaped um, communism under Mao. There's a couple ex Muslims. There's all kinds of people in there, and we all hate what's happening. She escaped under Mao. She's got to be pretty old. Like she's in late forties. She can't be late forties if she's under Mao. Like. I think it was either her grandparents or they were, it might have been post Mao. Because I remember she said yeah, that they, well, it had she to be was little when they came here from Hong Kong. Because her yeah. family went from China to Hong Kong and then here. My, my father in law uh, escaped under Mao. Okay. Okay. So, and he was, be, he, he was in his 80s when, when he passed five years ago. So, yeah. I mean, like, her family tree came through. So I may be yeah. misspeaking exactly how yeah, yeah. she described that, but it's still like. I give these conversations with them and it's sometimes it's hard to bring this, bring the gospel to them because they're caught up in the cultural moment of it. And it's yeah. easy to just well, meme about it and get stuck in the mire of complaining. And Well, the, the thing is, is a lot of times what you end up having to do is jettison the argument. You know, like if we're, if you're in the discussion of abortion, I'll give you, for instance, I referenced the, the woman at Purdue that I was at. There was a point where, she was so emotional with the issue of abortion and, and what she suffered being raped and, and aborting her child that I just, I stopped and I literally said, can I explain to you why I'm out here? What, what I'm doing out here? Just completely break the conversation, change topics. And then I just shared the gospel for 20 to 30 minutes mm. and, and just made it about the gospel I'm here for this reason, and I explain the gospel. Now, we ended up, she ended up getting into another, you know, bringing up the abortion, and then someone else came in, and we got into the abortion issue again. But there are times where where the best thing to do is just do a a shift, just break the conversation, say, look, let's just, we're not going to agree on this, but I want to explain to you something very important that uh, why I'm out talking to you, why I want to talk to you, and just explain the gospel. And, and, and just leave that conversation if, if you have to. Because a lot of times that's what you're going to have to do. I, I think I experienced that um, the other night. I had there's one of the guys from that's in that same Discord. He's actually in Norway. And he's more, he's more, ver- he, he comes across more, or, he came across to me a more Orthodox Christian. But then okay. I got into it with him and he's now, he's more, he's actually a universalist. And there was a point where we were talking about things and I just, that's what I did. Like it, the whole conversation just shifted. Cause I started asking him questions about what he believed about things. And then it was just, hold on. I gotta, I gotta get through this part of Romans. Cause we're over here complaining about what they're doing in pride month yeah. and grooming children. Yeah. And it's peak Romans one, like verse 20 something to the end. And I got through, went down through part of the Romans road with him and we ended the conversation well, but it was like, that yeah. was that was what needed to happen, and sometimes you need I couldn't to ha- I couldn't have like four or five people. It was just me and him, and then there was one guy who yeah. was just kind of like away from his keyboard. So yeah, Discord one on one worked way better. Discord is sometimes going to be like open air evangelism. <laughs> you just got yeah. a bunch of people jumping in any any which way. So uh, so is that that helpful for you? Yes, thank you very much. All right, I'm going to put you backstage. 
Um, Chris Honholds had said this, uh, God has given them authority to wield the sword. The government, the, the government's God given duty is to protect against evil and punish the evil doers. So, uh, let us bring in the one, the only pastor Josiah. How are you, sir? I'm better than I deserve. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. Thank you. Yeah, I, I watched the J.P. Sears video, and I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear what he has to say, because I know he's not a believer. I know he has a pretty foul mouth. So I'm like, Well, he okay, beat hey, himself, at least, so we could play it. He, he did beep yeah. himself, so we were able to play it. So I was glad for that. I didn't have to go beep him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was just, I was just ready. And he, uh, he was like, uh, you know, abortion is, is, is murder. It's a terrible decision. It's, uh, it, it, your, your life begins at conception. So I'm like, okay, where is he going to start ticking me off? And then he, <laughs> then he is like, are you saying that you get ticked off easily? Maybe <laughs> you're expecting well, it. He said that he's going to tick off conservatives and. I self-identify as a conservative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're right. It, it sounded like he was going to take a really middle position the way he laid it out in the beginning, and he and he really didn't. No, so, he, he well, yeah. he, he did and he didn't. I think what he, I think he knew. I could be wrong. I think he knew that his position, people like us, would say, is inconsistent. And he knew it, but he's just saying, because he's saying it's arbitrary. He knows it. Yep. So I think he expected the, mm-hmm. the, the claim that he's being arbitrary because he said it. And so. his ultimate authority, even though he, he invoked, you know, his God multiple times, his ultimate authority was his version of freedom, mm-hmm. as he said. So yeah. that's where his inconsistency well, he, he said his thoughts. comes from. What's that? And he said it was his thinking evolved over time. His thinking evolved over changed. time, but it was but it was him being a freedom lover, right? That he and that's where he really had the mm-hmm. issue of a of a female um, being forced to keep the child in the first three months. He didn't want the government yeah. to be able to come yeah. in. So yeah, he he really needs to be reinforced on that that child is a human being from the womb and that God's given that child unalienable rights. But well, I, I mean, think the only way we're going to change his mind is through the gospel. Well, Absolutely. The, the, the gospel would definitely, you know, change his mind on a lot of things, but I would say, I don't know that he's that far off. I mean, if JB came in, the simple question I would ask is why are you being arbitrary? I mean, if you, if you recognize mm-hmm. that it's murder, you recognize it's an evil, for whatever reason, first off, you're saying for three months <clears throat> and you're saying it's arbitrary for any reason, why would you legalize murder? That would be my question. For, for three months or any period of time. But he said it. He said it was because of freedom, right? That was his... Yeah, but, but the freedom... See, but... He has a wrong view. No, no, no. But the thing is, for freedom, but why, does, why is freedom limited to three months then? Why not nine months? Because that's the argument that's abortionists right. make. Is they, that's right. it's it's a freedom issue. But then, if you argue based on freedom, well, hey, guess what? Two year old child, and I, I'm not having the freedom I thought I'd have. It wasn't the joy yeah. that I thought it'd be, and I'm I'm tied down with this kid, and I can't go out drinking like I used to do. 
maybe he thinks three months is long enough for the female to be able to make to a choice through and make the decision, right? Um, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think he's probably wondering, like, maybe the woman who hasn't doesn't really know whether or not she's actually pregnant, and I, I don't know his thinking. It, it's a, He's an unbeliever. He's going to have some skewed thinking. Yeah, well, so, that's right. There's a blindness there, so... Um, you know, I like what Chris Honholds had to say here. It cannot be a discussion about a mother's right versus a baby's right. And that that's correct. The baby, the baby has a right to not be murdered. Correct. Right? So we've, we've talked about mm-hmm. this in previous shows that one category of rights is, is protections. And that would be consistent with, with God's nature. So on one hand, we, God says, do not murder. On the other side of the same coin, you have a right to not be murdered. Do not steal. The other person has a right to not be stolen from. Right? That's a. Those are protections. That's one of the categories. Um, the mother doesn't have the right to murder the baby. Right. So those are those two rights are not the same. So, yeah. I, I do want to change gears a little bit, and uh, I, I want to ask you a very complicated question. It's it's going to be one of the hardest questions you're going to have to answer because I've heard professors and. Uh, psychologists and doctors me, can't answer this. Look, I, I think, listen, I, 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 yeah, you, you beat me to, I was going to say, I think I know the question. I was going to be a prophet. Uh, a woman, a woman very simply is whatever God, the creator says a woman is. So I'm sorry, Matt Walsh got it wrong here. Let me correct that. His wife got it wrong. Um, it, a woman is not a fee, an adult female. Because right. a female is still a woman, even if they're younger. But ultimately, a woman is what God says because he created them, man, male and female. Yeah. And, you know, while I don't always like to quote him, um, I do think he is, is one of the better apologists today in applying scripture to, to society and societal issues. But uh, Doug Wilson did a video on this not too long ago and talked about a female is not a female because she's XX in her chromosomes. While that's true, the better argument is that she's a female by nature. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and I, I absolutely agree with him. He's he's right about that female by nature. And uh, because it's it's all encompassing in terms of how God designed a yeah. female. And, and, and the reason I'm, I make the argument the way I do, Josiah. I know you know this, and you're asking it <laughs> just as I asked it when Dr. Nielsen was, uh, Dr. Jensen was on, and I asked it of Dr. Dan, which he and couldn't answer. Evolutionary biologist. I'd love, I'd love Dr. Dan to come on and and give us an hour where he can explain that. That would be a lot of fun. Um, but the but the reality is is the creator. You see, that's why I word it that way because God created us. He's the creator. That's what gives him the right to define it any way he wants. So it, we, we have to go off of God's definition because he created us male and female. So the fact that he, the creator, has limited us to two genders. He could have made more if he wanted to. He's created some animals that, are, that don't have a gender. Right? There is no male and female. He could have done that. He chose not to. He chose that for human beings, we would be male and female and only male and female. 
Ja. Yeah, that that was a that was a better answer than what I was expecting. I was I was expecting like a Bible verse like uh, Genesis one twenty seven, where God said, uh, "What does it say again?" I just forgot it. Maybe it's just because I'm live. And what, what do you what did you he want? Made the male and female. <laughs> yeah, he made the male and female. Yeah, it's late. You're tired. That must be what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, so actually, Josiah and I have been doing Dr. Berg's um, low carb, clean keto diet. We're on a text chain. Uh, there's like what four of four of us or five of us on it now. Five of us are on it right four. now. No, it's five. We just added five. one. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and so so I, I know that you just started this a couple of weeks ago, which means that you're probably your body's still adjusting to the low blood sugar and learning how to burn the fats better. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I've, I've lost a lot of weight, like 18 pounds. Well, good <clears throat> already. Good. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. been good. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that, uh, that wraps it up. It's yeah. uh, a woman is a, is what God determines a woman to be. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You see, and, and, and Dr. Dan, the, the evolutionary biologist, would have no answer to that. I mean, he's he's going to give you all this, oh, well, this, that. It, the reality is the creator has spoken. Mm-hmm. You're the creation. You have no right to redefine what the creator has defined. Know your place. Do you, do you think that all... Do you think Matt Walsh might fall short because he's a the, he's a evolutionist and a Catholic? Maybe well, he's Roman Catholic, he and he's not trying to. He is p- trying to put out a secular movie or documentary. Um, I'm just going to mute you while I talk because we're getting a lot of feedback from you, Josiah. Sorry, um, but the reality is is that we end up looking at is the fact that. Um, Matt Walsh not only is not a believer, a lot of people criticized him because they were saying, well, the, the answer is from is the gospel. No, you, the gospel is not the answer to what a woman is. Like, and, they, and people are like, well, the missing part of this, that documentary was the gospel. Why would you expect a Christian, uh, sorry, a non-Christian to put the gospel in? I wouldn't want Matt Walsh to put the gospel in there because he'd put the wrong gospel in there. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, and I wouldn't expect, like, I don't know what it is with Christians. There are some Christians that think everything has to have the gospel message. Like, if it doesn't have the gospel message, it's it's a failure. He's doing a documentary on what a woman is. He's not saved. Don't expect the unbelievers to act like believers. Yeah. Okay, so someone was asking, what what's that diet called? Uh, Anthony yeah. said, look up Dr. Eric, Eric Berg, Berg, the clean Dita. Oh, oh, go ahead. Fasting. Yeah, he's got a lot of easy to follow videos. Um, I, I highly recommend him. Yeah, is, is that the guy you sent me some something on the uh, with the um, the tea for long blood pressure? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah no, I, I, I'm trying the tea. We'll see. Because, um, but yeah, I have I have actually started every Monday. I, I fast. I do a fasting every Monday. Um. And, and you've been uh, doing that for a little while now, and yeah. it's worked really well for you. So. Yeah, well, it, it did, except for I was traveling all of May, <laughs> and so no running and, and no fasting um, and eating out 
And so I picked up about 10 pounds and I'm just, I'll tell you, I'm just not in the mood to run anymore, but, uh, but uh, it'll come back. Yeah. You get it back off again. Yeah. The clean keto actually makes it a lot easier when your body switches over into more of the fat burning mode and you're not, you're not eating lard. Like all those people doing keto for years were doing it's, it's avocados, it's nuts, it's, it's some healthier things. And, and, uh, when you do the intermittent fasting, you're not even hungry. You eat one or two meals a day and, uh, and that's it. Yeah. You know, and, that's, uh, that's the thing. Once I got used to fasting once a week, it, it really was interesting that I, I was actually okay with like, I, I'm not, I don't get hungry. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. So healthy diet for beginners, Dr. Berg. Yeah. He has, okay, so I know this is completely off topic from what we were doing today, but this is really cool. So he says lemons, almost all the nutrition in a lemon is in the seed and the peel. So he advocate, advocates for washing your lemon really good, organic is best, wash it really good, and throw it in a blender, whole thing. Eight ounces of water, a few ice cubes, a couple drops of stevia if you wish to sweeten it, and blend the whole thing up and drink it. And I, I kid you not, you get more energized from that than any caffeine, anything that you can drink. So, so how? So you take day. one whole lemon with water, like what, once a day? Eight ounces of water once a day. Yep. Okay. Little stevia if you want to sweeten it up. Because so so that better. was a thing with, so my blood pressure issue is actually retaining water. That's that's the problem. And uh, the, the thing is that I actually you know, saw that lemons will reduce it's one of the things lemon water will help with getting with, with the retaining water. So that's right. Um, yeah. Cause it regulates the horn. It starts, it helps regulate the hormones. All right. Well, let's, let's get to, we, we did have a, a, the email that came in called quote, curious supporter. <laughs> so let me give this and an answer this. Uh, so this is from Stephanie. It says, hello. Thanks, Josiah. It says, uh, this is from Thank Stephanie. You. says, hello, I've been hello. listening to you guys. Hello, been... uh, gonna... Okay, Josiah's out. I was getting feedback. Uh, I've been listening to you guys for a couple of years now and finally became a Patreon supporter. Uh, right as I did, Andrew, sorry you're about your mother. Uh, I, I, feel, uh, I feel good about donate donation timing and hope it, it was of some use. So it was kind of parenthetical, but, uh, right as I did, um, my, is she, she's saying that's when my mother died. Honestly, I, I was worried for a bit, mostly listened on Spotify and there were quite a few weeks where nothing was posted. I almost thought, uh, this particular podcast had been banned. Uh, then I traced through episodes and came out and, uh, think I've been listening uh, to it three times. Uh, I've shown it to atheists, a friend who claims to be a Christian Buddhist who believes in evolution, and my own family. I'm buying the book on payday and couldn't uh, couldn't be more excited. Okay, I appear to be ranting now. <laughs> uh, let's get to the point. Uh, while waiting on new apologetics live. Uh, I've, uh, between the rap report, um, I called a, a podcast called Bible Mysteries with Scott and Z- Zania, I think. Uh, so, uh, in, 
she says it's intriguing for sure. I so she was asking for my feet what what I thought, and I haven't got a chance to listen to this Bible mysteries. I don't know if uh, anyone else has, but this is done by a Catholic. So you know, she, she says, I was hoping you could give it a listen, explain your take on it. He's Catholic, I believe, with a couple of wild quote reading in unquote beliefs. Uh, really look forward to your next episode of Project Live. Uh, I might actually be home to see it tonight. I think she was here. Uh, but one thing I did want, so I haven't seen the the Bible mysteries yet. If it's by a Catholic, just stop listening. <laughs> um, because they're not going to give you anything really religious. But there is something that came in with that that I do want to do. First off, let me say thank you for your support, uh, your monthly support through Patreon. We we appreciate that. Um I appreciate that your sympathies for my passing my mom, but there are several people who noticed that during the time that that I was dealing with the death of my mom, there had been several episodes that didn't make it to the podcast, uh, and so that is something because uh, Anthony wasn't set up right and couldn't convert them, and I was trying to be out of things for a while. Uh, I've downloaded all of the episodes that did not make it to the podcast that Anthony had done. Those will be airing. I don't want to drop them all in one day. So the plan that I have is I'm going to probably do two a month, uh, two a week until we catch up. Uh, we have several of them that we have uh, that, that uh, Anthony had done. And so we're going to hopefully pick those up pretty soon. Um, I'm actually just going to go and look, see how many there are. So we got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. We got six of them. So give it about six weeks and you'll, you'll get through all of them uh, that we have. So be expecting those, be expecting to get a second episode and that's what they are. Um, all right. So Cole had a secondary question. So we're going to bring him back in. Yep. Cole, welcome back. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about it earlier, but uh, no, um, the, one of the other issues that comes up along with the abortion thing I hear a lot is uh, issues of contraceptive, con- contraceptives when a lot of people on the left that I know will say, oh, these bills are going to do away with all of the things. And it's like, well, these are things that I know that traditionally the Catholic Church or Catholics in general are against, right? So where do we really come down on these things? Because I know, I, I believe the Catholics get their position on no contraceptives from Genesis 38 with Onan. Uh, Onan, I think his name is, with Tamar, where he yeah. it, he was commanded to help her bear a child, but because it wasn't going to be his, he just, he had he, he exercised his pullout game, to put it. Yeah, well, see, that and, way, and, right? and that, that's and so not... Was it, so yeah. was it the actual spilling of the seed on the ground, or was it the fact that he was refusing? He was refusing. He was, it, it had nothing to do with spilling the seed on the ground. It had everything to do with the fact that he was he had an obligation as a kinsman redeemer, and he was he was... What he was doing in that culture, a woman, for a woman, everything is is very much whether we agree with it in our culture or not, it doesn't matter. In that culture, for a woman, uh, having a child is very important. It, it's mm-hmm. everything. And and there was a shame if you were a woman that didn't have a child. So what he was doing, ultimately, was for his own selfish purposes, he was shaming this woman. 
He, okay. he brought a shame upon her. And so that is the reason. So when it comes to contraception, let's, let, let me start with the easy thing first. Any post-conception contraception is abortion and sinful. So after birth. Plan B. Uh, plan B. The, 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 the morning after pill. Okay. That is abortion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that one, clearly we can look to scripture and say, wrong. When you have preconception contraceptions, things like condoms or the pill or things like that, uh, the issue there is this becomes a matter of conscience. There's no scripture we could turn to and say it is absolutely right or absolutely wrong. It becomes a thing where some people will say, well, we, we leave this in God's hands. Now, those who usually say we leave it in God's hands, what they do is they will take the temperature because you can actually check your the, the woman's ovulation based on the temperature. And so knowing that, knowing how regular she is, they will, they will try to do things to not have a child. The rhythm method. Using the rhythm method right. or, or temperature, because checking your temperature, you, there, there's actually a change in temperature in the woman, uh, right. I think a couple of days before ovulation. Yeah. ovulation. It's not perfect. But it's, it's not perfect. But, but see, that's, so you are, when you're doing that and you're saying, well, we're leaving it to God, you are trying to control it. Right. And, and, and so you aren't really leaving it in God's hands. If you're going to leave it in God's hands, you just fool around and leave it in God's hands. I mean, yeah. that, that's what you do. So I, 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 I personally don't think there's anything wrong with pre-conception contraception. Yeah, I, I'm usually I have a pretty strong point uh, point of view on really everything. Um, <laughs> this is one I'm not I'm not so sure. Um, Stumped them. Oh. But, yeah. Well, no, no this you is know, good. Thanks. Thanks for trying. I I can't come up with scriptures personally. I don't believe that a married couple should be using any type of rhythm method, contraceptive, anything. I, I don't believe so because I view the, the dominion mandate strongly and, uh, and one of the major purposes for marriage. So I don't, I don't like that personally. Um, having said that, can I call it sinful? If, if somebody, yeah, the Chris Hanholz, you, Anthony, nah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. It's in the comments. Yeah. Me never not having an opinion on something. So can I call it sinful for a married couple to use some type of, of preconception as Andrew calls it? I can't, I don't think I can call that sinful. I just think from my perspective, I wouldn't do it and haven't done it. Having said all that, the one thing that I will say to Andrew is, is um, I am not a fan of, of birth control pills whatsoever. And the reason why is because they can cause abortions in the first couple of days after conception. It can block a sperm and so the the moment a sperm and an egg join together, that is in that's a new human being. When they join together in the fallopian tube, there's still a day or two, maybe even three, before it floats down and actually attaches itself into the uterus to start to grow. 
it's literally an abortion. If you take the, the, if you're taking contraceptives, you can still have that, that union of egg and, and sperm, but it'll never attach to the lining and will be just flushed out. That's a See, baby. I had thought about that because I knew how birth control worked in that way. And I never really like, I was like, maybe that's, that still is abortion, but I was like, yeah, because of func- functionally the way you're describing it in the logic of it. Yeah. That makes total sense. The other, and the other issue with, with the uh, birth control is we have entire generations of girls that have been on these things from puberty on, and they don't know how to deal with their emotions when they come off of them. I have friends that I've heard on in discords that talk about that. That's a whole other issue, but. Oh yeah, yeah, it messes with hormones tremendously, which then affects personality and, and all kinds of, of stuff. There, there's actually, okay, back in dental school, and granted it's all secular science, but um, we had to get a pretty full medical education in dental school. And I remember um, when we had to learn about this subject that there are females who were attracted to guys um, when on the pill. When they got off the pill, it changed. Like because it was, they had hmm. very different um, personalities and, and hormones. Not everyone, you know, has this, but but a number of females do. So, yeah, just one more reason I'm not a huge fan of them. Interesting. So, great, great question. Though. All right. The I guess I guess to take it to the next level, it would then be like, you know, some people when they're done done having kids, then they have medical intervention, you know, tube, tube ties and things like that. I'm sure you're from, from your previous statement, Anthony, you're probably not a fan of those things, but, personally, I, but I guess maybe. Yeah. Personally, I, I'm not, I mean, I, you know, I, I, to be, to be honest about all this stuff, you know, we were very blessed to have Anthony as a, as a child. And, um, my my dream since I was a kid was to have many kids. That I really wanted many kids, and we didn't have an opportunity. You know, we we had miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage after after we had Anthony, and um, we 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 know of at least four, and there were probably multiple others. When you look back on it and know that she had the same symptoms during other times that she had when she was having her miscarriages, so. You know, for us, that was one of those. I mean, look, God's sovereign. I'm very delighted in having Anthony. At the same point, I would say that if it was my choice, I would have like four or five little rugrats running around my house. Right. Um, so, so for me, I'm kind of against. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of against stopping children from being I, born. I guess this this starts to get into the realm of where, and correct me if I'm wrong, where there was a point where. Doctors and, and and women and moms and, and dads, you know, parents trying to have children would deal with these issues as they come because we live in a fallen creation. Things don't just operate like clockwork. I mean, we had my wife had a couple uh, miscarriage right in the beginning, but we would probably would have never known because a lot of times those miscarriages happen and it's just like another cycle. Unless you're actively trying and you're taking track, you're going to miss that. You know, so these things, this is one of my problems with the left is they don't actually understand the arguments that conservatives and Christians are making in these things. And I'm trying to work these out because our, our arguments from a scripture are even a step further than where 
the pro-life and the Christian and the conservatives are. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time with these questions. Oh, you're welcome. They're you're great welcome. questions. Yeah. It's always, it's always great to have Anthony admit that, you know, he doesn't have an answer on something. Oh, I had an answer. I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> emphatic answer. So, yeah, right. I don't have All right. Answer so, my favorite answer you ever gave was right after the face palm last week. I'm just, I'm just saying. Did you see my meme? I sent, I memed, I captioned the thing where uh, Andrew asked the question, "What is a woman?" <sighs> Did you see the? I, didn't I, see the I haven't seen the meme. Send send, me. You could send send me the meme. I would have to send it to you. I captioned it. I, I just. Exactly the way it happened. It was priceless. Just the four of you sitting there and your expressions on your face. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Send that. Send that to us. I, I you know, look as a dentist, as a practicing dentist, I am so sick and tired of listening to dentists and doctors who well, went if, through four years of school plus residency, and they don't understand simple genetics. Oh no, they understand it. They just don't well, care. They pretend not. To. Yeah, I mean, it's even worse. The, the, the reason I was going to ask the question is if you listen to my Andrew Rapport's rap report where I had. Dr. Jensen on, uh, or Jensen, sorry. You had Dr. Jensen on. I just asked him that question. We went for another 20 minutes. I wasn't planning to go that long, but he just, he got fired up because he was like explaining how he, it's frustrating for him as a scientist to see these people who study science and then throw it all out for their, you know, for the cultural agenda, you know? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's... Weird. Hmm? Where should I where where should I send In, info the, at strivingforeternity.org. dot org, and then okay. I'll I'll get it over to Anthony as well. Cool, thanks again, guys. All right, you can put me backstage. Yep. So, so Julian asked a question. Do you guys know what the stats are on how many mothers die as a result of of abortion? Um, I just looked it up because I knew it was really low, but I didn't know what the exact number was, and so I found an abstract pretty quickly. Although it, it was, it's a little bit dated that said it's 0.3 deaths per 100,000 abortions. So really it's about one, one mother dies per 300,000 abortions is about what the stats were according to this paper. Now it, it would not surprise me that a secular research paper would downplay those results. Yeah. So it could very well be higher than that, but that's, that's at least the first big abstract I was able to pull. Okay. And uh, I, I did say, you know, uh, since JP Sears, we played his whole his full video. He's got two minutes of commercials for support for for him. So I think that it'd be good to play those. But before I do that, let me just put. You know, we were talking about diets, and Chris Honholds said, "I got to get off my butt and back on my bike." I think that's confirming the theory that I had earlier on why he's not Captain America. I'm just guessing here. I'm. Just, I thought because it's he's not gay like the new Captain America. Yeah, well, that could be too. All right. So with that, Anthony, any anything else that uh, that you have? No. You know what? It's uh, it's been another another fun show again, JP. Uh, I do. I, I would love for you to come on and just have an open discussion with us. Yeah, and and this is funny. Uh, so I have a you know I, I did a poll. And I asked, what is the, the, you know, the greatest danger to the church? I gave four options. Scripture not sufficient, social justice, word of faith, new apostolic reformation. I was actually surprised by the, by this. 
uh, it was 72% sufficiency of scripture. I was surprised it wasn't higher because actually social justice, which was 13.8, word of faith, 7.4, new apostolic reformation, 6.4. Those three all are under sufficiency yeah, of scripture. Everything is. And so, but I got a response because, you know, some people want to give the comments of, you know, this must have been shared around by some atheists. I've been getting some interesting comments all day long. But uh, I, I had... Um, I did have some comments, and uh, one of them just came in from J. MacArthur C. So he says the, the the greatest danger to the church is white men. My response: racist. <laughs> he says, "Hey, man, you asked. I I brought the answer." The, the receipts speak for themselves. I said, you're still a racist. Uh, I had a guy that responded, in a sim- another guy that said this, a similar thing. When I called him a racist, he got very upset with me for, how, how dare you call me a racist? You got to support that. Um, and he, uh, he said, basically, you know, prove it. So I just circled the word white and... Uh, and, and put that there. So let me let me as a last thing before we play JP is put the meme up that we just got. So there it is. Uh, let me remove the banner real quick. So so there you have the host me saying what is a woman? Uh, Anthony as the theologian, which is kind of interesting because I, th- I, th- I think you're the apologist. I'm the theologian. <laughs> so got got to get that meme. But but uh. Theologian putting his hands over his eyes there. And then the secular biologist, it's complicated. <laughs> and, and, and Anthony, myself, and the Christian biologist are all laughing, although Anthony's eyes are covered. And this guy's trying to make an actual argument that it's complicated, really complicated. It's a hard thing. We, you know, we can't really know. Uh, I spent a whole semester trying to teach people this silly nonsense. So I, I just I just have to believe that that he's scared of losing his his tenure or something yeah. right with with his job. Well, but he's te- he's bit. teaching it. I mean, if he, if he's scared, he wouldn't teach it. Uh, Drew Drew says that he should have had Anthony as the dentist. Yeah. So Cole, you got you got to update that the the dentist. <laughs> yeah, or or you could put fake doctor. <laughs> Yeah, well, since, uh, since obviously I, I was not the fake doctor on that panel. Yeah, obviously not. So, uh, with that, folks, I'm just going to uh, I'm just going to pl- uh, give you the the rest of what was um, shared there on from from JP, and then we'll close out. See you next time. Real quick, I want to let you know I've got all new designs in my Freedom Shop. If you want to help spread the Freedom vibes and look like a lion doing so, check it out at awakenwithjp.com. I want to thank the sponsor of today's video, Blue Blocks, specifically Blue Blocks' Remedy Sleep Mask. Are you a cat? I don't think you're a cat. So unless you're a cat, if you're trying to nap during the day or you're trying to sleep at night and you have light coming in, the light's going to screw up your stuff because you're not a cat. You're not nocturnal. I mean, you don't have to be a biologist or a climatologist to figure out that you're not nocturnal because you're not a cat, you're a human. And because you're not a cat, 
you might get a lot of benefit from the Remini Sleep Mask. A lot of people say you can only be as healthy and energized as your sleep is good. And that's why I love the Remedy Sleep Mask because it helps maximize good sleep. I mean, even if you're not a veterinarian, you probably know you sleep better when it's dark out. But the problem is, if you're a new parent like me, you're trying to nap during the day, or you've got lighting in your room at night, so the light can interfere with your sleep because light equals no dark. And get this, studies show even just a little bit of light in your room at night can interfere with your sleep. The humanity. But the Remedy Sleep Mask steps in to save the day at night with its total darkness guarantee so you can get maximized sleep. It's made of super soft, comfortable material with hollowed out eye pillows so that your comfort is not compromised. Some sleep masks that are probably made by crappy people don't have hollowed out eye pillows, which means it can actually put weight and strain on your eye while you sleep, not with the hollowed out eye pillows. The Remedy Sleep Mask is also fully adjustable so it will customizably fit your head. I'm in love with the Remedy Sleep Mask. Why? Because I'm in love with feeling great and I know I need amazing optimized sleep if I want to feel great and the Remedy Sleep Mask helps me do that. If you want to take your health and energy to the next level by optimizing your sleep, get your Remedy Sleep Mask at blueblocks.com JP. And be sure to use the discount code JP to get 15% off. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.